friends, we have an exciting cast for you. It is pretty dope. But before we go into all of that, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Dabble and Dribbling. Mm-hmm. And we are on all the places that you listen to podcasts, at least most of them. Yeah. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Go there. Go there. Talk to us. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, because we talk about really cool things on this cast. Yeah. We talk about some really good things. Lots of, lots of things about love. Mm-hmm. We're getting into some good stuff this week. Talking about... It's Valentine's Day yeah. week. So, shout out to all the people out there. Love sing, sing Palantines. You know? Palantines. You know? For your pals and other... Yeah. <laughs> Spread the love. Right. We get into some things. We talk about people who are recently engaged in the celebrity world. Yeah, Brian nice. may or may not have some feelings around that Whatever, as it relates fine. to this particular person. You need to get over it. You just need to get over it. Don't tell me how to feel. All right. <laughs> um, we talk about people who do some good things at the Winter Olympics right now. Yeah. Um, stand, stunting Speaking, out for the USA. I will say, back to the love thing, we learned a lot about how we would love to be proposed to. Like, oh, or how yeah. we would like to actually do that. Because like I have you theories. would do it, or like, and I have very specific dreams about it. Your dream about that? I will was... tell you more later. There's more. I'll tell you later about oh it. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen to Bri's dream about her 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 dream proposal, which I never in a million years thought I would ever have. That sounds like you. I, but like I like when I never talk about proposals or weddings and stuff. But I had a dream. You know, I want I you like, and Martin Luther King. And as Black History Month this year, I just wanted to make sure I just wanted to live that dream out. God, that was excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I can't wait to hear the rest of this. My goodness. Um, we talk about the recently unveiled presidential portrait. Oh, and the first lady and uh, Mr. Obama. It was everything. Oh, my so gosh. Good. We we go through the uh, aesthetics of that. We turn to some bad news for a little while. Yep. And then maybe get a little bit in, we get a little bit onto the guns and we feel a certain type of way about yeah, that. Specifically, you do. And because yeah. you just have a lot of, fa- and I feel the same way too because I've just like given up. Yeah. I've, I have physically, physically in my mind given up. If you want to know what we sound like when we're in rage, just listen to the guns. <laughs> but segment. like in a very calm, cool way. Yeah. And basketball is pretty short and sweet. We mm-hmm. talk about uh, some balls. Specifically, the Ball family. Yeah. Some Cavs. Yeah. Some. The Cleveland LeBrons. The Cleveland LeBrons. And some other really cool people in yeah. general. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time. And I think you should be listening in because it's just going to be fun, right? Yeah. So check us out. We're about to get into it. So keep listening and get ready for the cast. Let's do this. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Dabble and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey. It is episode 35. Mm-hmm. 35. Can't believe it. 35 episodes. Made it this far. We, uh, Our- the longest commitment I've had. <laughs> most, uh, <laughs> most stable and, uh, nice. Uh, healthy commitment I've had. So cheers to us, Cheer- sir. Cheers to that. There you go. Oh, we- that was water, folks. <laughs> Hydrated. Hydra- hydrating water. That's how we do business here. We'd like to do a glass of wine. Maybe next week. We'll yeah, do. we've got our episode is uh, maybe not in years, but definitely in installments, older in episodes than we are in years. Yeah. Has been for some for, time now. For some time, at least. That's five good. Episodes. Yeah. Man, we're adorable. We'll get that brass uh, brass ring, gold watches. Sure. Whatever they give people on your 50th. 
Is that is that? Do we get gold watches on our fiftieth episode? Sure. I feel like we deserve that. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> How was your week? It's been good. It's been good. You know, it's. I'm really looking forward to this long weekend. It has been. I feel like the past couple of weeks have been just busy, like, but nothing mm-hmm. bad, just like busy. And I'm looking Agreed. forward. I'm looking forward to some like me time. I'm watching Black Panther. Tomorrow. Yeah, I need to get in line for that. Um, I need to just order, just, get tickets. I need just to go get tickets. Do, you need to do it this weekend because we need to talk about it. Oh yeah. So I need you to get, yeah, get out of your life. That's true. Get, get it together. Let me get on this fandango right now. Yeah, can you know, you do that? I'm happy to go watch it with you because I fandang. Wait, I'm, when did you? When I'm you? doing it tomorrow morning. Okay. Oh. Ooh. At ten o'clock. Really? All right. I mean, I have other things planned because I'm also watching the live episode of The Read. In the oh evening. yeah, that's cool too. So I'm very excited to be my my podcast idols. My. Uh, my goals in life. Yeah. You know. The Read is a podcast if you're not familiar. Yeah, and they're phenomenal. If you're not watch, listening to them, watching them, listening to them, <laughs> you're just missing out, I think, personally. I Watch yourself, I, because I want them to be guests no, on our podcast. No, I, they <laughs> should be, but I, I, I uh, definitely was told about The Read, listened to it. The first two times I listened to it, I did not like The Read. Yeah. And then I listened to them for like eight straight episodes, and I loved The Read. Yeah. And that kind of fell off, and then... It's one of those podcasts for me that comes ebb and flow. Yeah. I have not been a consistent listener have, like you have. I have. I started listening to them like in into their first year, mm-hmm. um, and I've watched. I went to every anniversary show. It's very like it's a part of my like my New York thing that I do because yeah. they've been in New York as long as kind of I've been in New York, which mm-hmm. is like kind of nice to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do that life with them. Um, and there's a few friends of ours that I go see it with sometimes, which is always like a fun fun thing to do. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And then Sunday, I might go see Black Panther again because why not? Um, and I might go see Fifty Shades because oh, it's God. gonna be terrible, and I want to watch it okay. terribly. Um, that trailer, watching oh, it's it, terrible. The first, the first three minutes, you don't know what it is, and I will. You don't. If you didn't see the first yeah. one, you have no idea what this is. This is, the third is. Movie. Yeah, I, I'm just this is the third whatever. <laughs> I'm just watching the car making all the turns and the winding road it's of this hillside. Yeah, and I'm like, what is this? What issues. is this? And then it steps into this S and M mode, and you're like, is this Fifty Fucking Shades? <laughs> it's actually Fifty Shades free because it's the yeah. third one. Because it should be free. <laughs> speaking of speaking of free in theaters, I might go see uh, Get Out on Monday. For free in you. theaters. Are you invited then? I am coming with you. Yeah. I, I personally like <laughs> want to like watch it and then only watch your reactions like a weirdo. You're trying to weird? turn your movie chair around <laughs> yeah. so you can just watch me like, watch ma'am, the ma'am, movie. Can you not watch him? I think it's making him uncomfortable. It's okay. He's my friend. <laughs> it's, I'm, I feel like I would watch it on HBO Go online, right. but... Um, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele said it's best in theater. So I will. I have yet to watch it in the theater. So I would love if you want oh. me. If you want, yeah, yeah. I would you're love welcome to, join to come. You. You're welcome. To I come. love how I invited myself. Yeah, you did that. You did. <laughs> it was stealth. That. It was low key. It was a little high key. It's a little high key. <laughs> was, yeah, a little bit. It was a little high. But that's okay. But it's it's us. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Can I go with you, please? <laughs> please, my friend. <laughs> uh, but no, you have to go see Black Panther, and I'm looking forward to just a long weekend of. Uh, of getting stuff done. Absolutely, sames. Like, Except for like going to Harlem for brunch. Yeah, I mean but that's, that's getting gonna, that's good getting stuff yeah, done. Yeah, that's like hanging out with friends that we haven't hung out with in a while. And I might go to that vegan soul food place up there. Oh yeah. Oh my 
Let's do it. Uh, things to talk about. Things to talk about. Uh, but do you want to get into this, though? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot to talk about in our, our dabbling section. Should we start with the good stuff before we get into the BS? I think we should. What are some good things happening? So Valentine's um, Day was uh, on Wednesday. Happy Valentine's, I guess. And happy Valentine's Day to you. Or pal- Palentine's. We're pals. When did that get coined? Uh, is that it, new? It was actually coined by a student of mine, and it was really sweet. That has... That, this year? No, it was a couple years ago. I was going to say. Yeah. This thing has to have been around oh, for I'm sure at least... So. I'm sure they were not the first ones to coin it. Yeah. But like, Val, Pal, you know. Yeah, Palentine's Day or yeah. Singles Awareness Day, as I like to celebrate. Or just, just Love Yourself, Love People Day. Yes! I, I told people yes. I love them, you know, I that were my family. <laughs> I told strangers. Oh, like, that's good. Just on the street. How did that work out? Did Fine. Anyone, did everyone... Did anyone like tell you, hey, uh, you're harassing you're asking me? No, they were like, thanks. I was a little down over here, but Aww. you know what? Now, you didn't now do this. it's okay. So yeah, crap. I'm totally making that up. <laughs> I'm sure they would have been really weirded out by it. But either way, I don't really celebrate Valentine. I don't usually have a Valentine, or I try not to now, because <laughs> you're so. Wait, I, you've never had a like. Well, New I've York? had. Well. Did you? No. Really. Here's my theory. Did it? I have a lot. Okay, here's, maybe this here's is a my, my, I'll, I'll, well, I'll my question. Well, you can I, say no, whatever you want. Nope, ask me. Nope. But I, I, I have a theory that, mm-hmm. you know, if you're someone who is questioning whether or not, it, you have to have been in a committed, right. aka verbalized committed relationship sure. with someone for at least one month before you can acknowledge them as your Valentine, as my Valentine. You can say Happy Valentine's Day. But, that, but like to like, not, you don't, are not obligated to do yeah. anything. My Valentine is, was a furry thing. His name is Wrigley. There you go. We've been together for five years. There you go. That's a Valentine. More committed relationship than, than this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, if, if, but if it's uh, like a two month something of dating mm. and it's not a committed anything, you're not obligated to do anything. Even I would argue even three months. Let's say you've dated someone mm-hmm. once a week for three months. Right arguable whether or not you are obligated to give them and for some people out there they're listening this is, this is your commitment issues there yeah up. no this absolutely absolutely and because i know i'm not the only one i saw a friend of mine the other day i see her like every week mm-hmm. and um i i walked by are you talking about me no because <laughs> you do see me every yeah, week. yeah clearly but no i see this i go to this same spot where she works and i'll go there hey, hey what's up she's like good i was like how was your valentine's day she's like she just like shook her head a little Aww. bit. And I was like, oh, not a good one. She's like, no. I was like, oh, well, I didn't have anyone if that makes you feel any better. And you can't, with your pretty face, say that to girls. Well, you can't do that. And again, I don't always compliment you on your pretty face, but you can't do that. This is a podcast. People don't <laughs> care about that. I'm not here for looks. I'm on the cast sometimes on the, on the gram. Yes, yes, this is true. But she <laughs> said, uh, no, I just didn't go the way I wanted it to. I said, you know oh, what? There was one Valentine's where that caught me in the bud last year. And the person I was dating at the time was mm-hmm. wondering where their Valentine was oh, that oh. I didn't really deliver was on. Was this? Okay. I can yeah. I who this is. Okay. Yes. Probably. Yes. Continue. And then and then she's like, that happened to me yesterday. I was oh, like, no. so that's what happened. Listen, let me, and I explained it to her. I was like, for those of us who are unsure about committing, the Valentine is the first obligation for us to say we're in a relationship. The Valentine's Day forces 
the DTR, a.k.a. define their relationship. Yep, that's a thing. And so if you've only been dating for two months and you're not sure, if Valentine's Day were not there, you would still just keep dating until it was kind of organically formed into something of a relationship. But Because Valentine's Day is there, it forces your hand to say, are you in or are you out? Yeah. And that's why I don't date people in the months of December, January, or February. Because Christmas is a financial <laughs> commitment trap. And New Year's Eve is a commitment trap of, are you going to kiss me when the ball drops? <laughs> and then Valentine's Day is waiting for your ass if you got through those first two. <laughs> so come March... That's when I open myself up to the spring bloom and the trees. I'm like, all right, let the dating like season dying. begin. I'm dying on the inside. And then it goes through all the way through the year without any major holidays that would like mm-hmm. cause yeah, force absolutely. your hand. Yeah. And then I get into September, which is my birthday month, and that's great. Yeah. And then October. And then you break up with the leaves person fall, by November. November, like Thanksgiving. It's like, well, thanks for a good nine months. And now it's Ladies December. Ladies and gentlemen. Alex is single. Hey. And he's ready to mingle because it's Taking post. applications March 1st. <laughs> Not going to happen. Oh, you're so stupid. Not going to happen. I'm only halfway joking about that, but seriously, yeah, though, I know. Valentine's Day is a hard a hard day for uh, Some couples. I, I, like, love Valentine's Day because I love... Chocolate. No. No. I don't like chocolate I really at all. hate chocolate on like Valentine's every, Day. Like, every once in a while I'll have chocolate, but, like, chocolate is not my thing. I'm not a... Roses? Like, uh, no. You smell good. I'm like not a gift person. Like I oh, don't, yeah. I don't like getting gifts. I'll give gifts thoughtfully to people if I like think of them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm giving you stuff that I'm just like, oh, I thought of you. And I got, you, I got this for you, and it was, it just happened to be your birthday, or it just happened to be like a random day that I'm like, oh, I got this thing for you. Heroin. Yeah, that time I got you heroin. Yeah, that's a joke, everybody. That's not real. Not at the office, bro. <laughs> please. Not at the office. Oh God, this is how we all get fired. Um, so this podcast has to be successful. <laughs> It'll be my only income. Um, make, make donations to our Kickstarter. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm not a gift person at all. For me, it's just like words of affirmation, time spent with people, like acts of service. Like when some, like those mm-hmm. are like things that meaningful. those are my meaningful love. And not saying that gifts aren't meaningful. Like people have got, gotten me gifts that have been. Like thoughtful, and for me, I'm just like, give me something that's useful for me. Like when it's my birthday's coming up, I'm like, get me Wrigley's dog food, so I don't have uh, to pay for it. Or like a gift card for yeah, the, to pet yeah, go. yeah. Like so I could just pay for so I don't have to pay for Wrigley's. How do you uh, feel about gift cards? I don't. The more the merrier. Can we? Can <laughs> we please? Just because. I mean, give me an Amex gift card, a MasterCard gift, gift card. Gift card? Gift card. Guys, it's, I'm tired. <laughs> Let me live my life. If you know I have a dog, get me a Petco gift card. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can, I can, you know what I can do with that? I can buy things for my child so he can live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? I got, I started getting gift cards for my parents. Mm-hmm. And Did they not like it? Oh, no, they liked it. Like, the first time I gave a meaningful one, it was, like, car washes when I was a kid. It was, oh, like, the sweet. local car wash. Because, yeah. like, you're going to get your car washed multiple times. Let me Let, let me, me cover for these for yeah. you. Like, oh, that was great. Yeah. And then the steakhouse that my folks like to visit. Mostly my dad likes the steakhouse. Mm-hmm. I know you like our local steakhouse. So here's... And the gift cards are online. Thank you. It's just one last yeah. thing to do. It's you go online like anything else. You and click... Get- Here's your, here's all the money, mm-hmm. and go ahead, mm-hmm. treat yourself. Yeah, you don't even carry the card with you. And I, I am also like, give me cash. That's fine too. Yeah, give cash, me cash is good too. Yeah, I mean, 
But Valentine's is I, I love I, I enjoy love. I used to not like Valentine's because I'm like, oh, it's just a bunch of couples posting their lovey dovey why I love my like a paragraph long, like why I love my partner thing. <laughs> the same partner you were posting about how you can't stand them, yeah. like or you're, a or, week earlier. Yeah, or like that you complained to me about yesterday right, or whatever. Right, right. Uh, cause you know, social media is an illusion after a while. Um but I, like now, as I've gotten older, like singleness is not sad for me. Right. Like it may be sad for others, and like that's a journey to like everyone's different to like go through. And for at a point in my life, it was like, oh, I'm sad. I'm alone. Mm. You know, and, like, and like feeling, and then like reminiscing about like former boyfriends or like former relationships, sure. and like getting into your feelings about that. But like the past couple of Valentines, I've been like, dude, I'm, I'm golden. Like mm-hmm. I'm happy where I love myself. I love my family. I love my friends. We're good. If there happens to be a really awesome partner in my life that I can also celebrate that aspect of love with you, great. Mm-hmm. And if it's not there, that's okay too. Sure. And like, I'm no less of a whole person, mm-hmm. you know, outside of that. You know, it's, it's just, there's so many people in the world and so many people in world history mm-hmm. that I feel feel like you know remember when you were in elementary school and it was gym or recess Mm -hmm. or even the classroom and they said okay everybody find a partner Mm. what emotions went through your i better find someone before i'm the only person alone there you go because if it's an odd group Mm -hmm. you know odd number not just odd group just an odd number Mm -hmm. that's uh that's stressful that well odd number there's that but it's also you're the one, no one in the middle. Yeah. And, and that's still a, looking for somebody. You're the one that nobody wanted. I still feel that way when I go to prison. You're like, F- find a person to pair up with. I'm like, oh, God, no. I'm yeah. not ready. I still have anxiety it's, at fifth grade. You know, and I, <laughs> it's so common. We experience that as young children. Mm-hmm. And now when we get older, we're led to... We, that's still... That wiring and programming oh, yeah, is still it's there. It's totally there. It's total BS. Yeah. And the history of the world, we have all of these 8 billion people on the planet. And then billions and trillions of people before us Mm -hmm. and we're led to believe like everyone had to be married Mm -hmm. or they died alone Mm -hmm. it's like no there were actually a lot of single people in history right that that did really awesome things actually the a lot of the people we look to in history as far as patrons and landmark people Mm -hmm. whatever we don't really care to know or think about who their partners were yeah like the majority of people yeah. that we uh, regale and and ped- put on pedestals. Yeah. But you know, if you love someone, you should let them know, and that person probably means a lot. And if it's a good relationship and it's true love, I love those couples too. Yeah. Because they they love set a they set a high bar to aspire to, and hopefully they you know happy and together forever. So speaking of being together forever, mm-hmm. what are you looking at? Your coasters. What did I say? I never read them, but it's a quote from Michael Jordan. I look at this every time I'm in your... Uh... Yeah, there's different um, There's different other things. It's actually made by my friend, Legendy. Mm-hmm. She, she does legendary designs. That's her name is Legendy. Legendary Designs. Yeah. And she woodworked them. <clears throat> yeah, I can tell. It's really nicely done. Mm-hmm. This one by, I'm, by hand. I'm holding says, Never say never because limits, like fears are often just an illusion. Yeah, and I gave her the quotes that I wanted to put on all of them. Ah, this was his Hall of Fame speech, Mr. Yep. Michael Jordan. Yes, it is. That's the one where he, oh man, he was lit. That was a good one. Yep. Oh my God, I listen to that at least once a, once a year. Um, speaking but, of forever. Yeah. You, you're going to say forever. about what? 
Um, so oh boy, my uh, it, like I love love, right? Like it's uh, great, bro. but uh, and I I'm happy for people who have love, and I guess I have to be happy for <clears throat> Idris Elba and his former girlfriend, who is now his fiance. Um, they got engaged like the day before uh, Valentine's Day, so that's nice. Is it nice? Your face yeah. doesn't look like it's nice. I'm really happy for them. Yeah, your voice is saying that, but your face looks like... My face just looks like this, Alex. It's just what my face looks like. You're having, you're having forehead sprains. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for him. I mean, his girlfriend, is, his fiance is beautiful, and they seem to be in love, and whatever. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm cool. Uh, I I'm, not, not, I'm not hurting inside. <clears throat> I look forward to seeing the, the pictures of them. Together, I've never seen his. Oh, they're fiance. they are very hot together. What's her name? I don't know, but they're mm-hmm. very hot together. I'll just Google Idris Elba. Don't worry about it. Don't don't strain yourself. You already look like you're going through pain. Sabrina Dowry, Dowry, D H O W R E, Dowry, Dowry. Any any propose to her like it during the the showing Whoa. of his first directed? Um, <laughs> what did you see a picture of her? Yeah, no, I, well, I saw the picture, but first I saw the age difference. Yeah, there is a That's big fine. Age. That's, That's fine. okay. Age is just a number. Yeah, it really is. Um, but no, so he... Uh, there, but before the grace of God go on. So they... Um, That's not he, the right expression. He, did a, he directed his first film, Yardy, um, and in London, for, they did a premiere of it, and he proposed to her before the screening of it. Like, in front of everybody. It was really sweet. Oh, wait. He did one of those where you propose in front of a big group of people? Yeah. I'm not at a, a moment that, that was, like, big for him? Yes. Listen. All right. Hold on. Idris. So Idris. I, so, have you ever thought about, like, how you would propose to somebody? Yes. How would you propose to somebody? Oh, my God. I'm... Tell me. I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm coming down. It, I, there's... I want to answer your question, <laughs> but I'm just thinking about how much we love Idris mm-hmm. and how highly we think of him. Yeah. And Spine the most cliche thing that men do he is did. wait till their yeah. personal accomplishment yeah. and then propose. We saw this uh, at the Oklahoma National, no, the national Alabama, yeah, Alabama National yeah. Championship. One, one of, of the football players yeah. won the championship and then proposed to his girlfriend there and on the field. he said if he wasn't going to win, he was going to propose to her later, but not that day. But because they won, they were, he was on such high. I don't know. Men are bro, like, bro. So That's, how would you propose? Um, well, it depends, I mean, it depends on, on the girl, obviously. It depends on the person. Obviously. So I would, would you, we want options, to be public, options, private. options include mm-hmm. um, the place where we met, wherever oh, that was. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you never know. Because yeah. if it's someplace quirky and weird, mm-hmm. uh, off the beaten path that you would never expect, mm-hmm. then I think that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was... I would do it in like a bookstore. Oh, sweet. Would, that is sweet. I would do it in an That's art. That's if she also likes books. If she doesn't like books, that would not be cute. Oh, she likes books. I mean, I would hope she does, but... We wouldn't be together. You know, you're right. You're right. <laughs> like, I would tell you, she don't got no books in her, no, in her apartment. No, no, no. <laughs> get, and it, then, get it together. And then uh, it, I would do it maybe in like... Uh, what is it like an art museum? Mm-hmm. But that's only if she likes art. If she doesn't like art, it would be some place that means a lot to her. Mm-hmm. So if she had a place that she told me about, right? Like, oh, I would come here or whatever. Yeah, something I'd, important to her. I'd yeah. propose in a place that means a lot to her. Oh, sweet. Um, good but job. I would it's never, about her, not about you. Yeah, I'm just like, come on. This or is about you. you guys together. That's what it's about. Yeah. Either way, but I would like to pull first before that mm-hmm. a, um, a gym from the office mm-hmm. where. 
it's some random location. Right. <clears throat> we stop. And it's just us. And then you go down and tie I your go shoes. on one knee and I say, will you <laughs> wait for me while I tie my shoe? I hate you. <laughs> and then I do that a few times. And then finally I do it. But I would not do it publicly. Right. I would do it in a space which just her and yeah. me. And that's not out of, oh, you're scared she's going to say no. It's no, like, no, no. no it's, it's a stupid. private moment. I it's cannot stupid tell you that's put, so important. I don't like when guys do this at arenas. Sports arenas are the worst place. So I want to get proposed to at a, sport, at a sports arena. Say more. Um, so it's very specific. And how I imagine, the reason why this is so specific, normally, if you had asked me this a week ago, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't care as long as it's private. I'm good, right? That's mm-hmm. like how I thought. But I had a very vivid dream about being proposed to. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I was like, oh my God, I love this. I woke up and I'm just like, oh, I actually love that. If this ever were to happen, this is what I would want. Mm-hmm. So it would be me. So the, the way the dream worked, it was me, <laughs> you, your girlfriend was at a basketball game, the Chicago Bulls basketball game. Mm-hmm. Playing against the New York Knicks. Wait, yep. this is a dream you had? This is a dream, a legit dream I had. Legit wait, dream I had. Wait, you never told me this? No, it literally happened this week. So it's. Okay, start over. <laughs> so I'm listening with new so interest. So it's me. Mm-hmm. It's me. Uh-huh. You're, you're to my left. Uh-huh. Your girlfriend is to your left. Do we, is it an ex of mine or like no, just, it's a, just, just like, a random girlfriend? That, that is clearly your girlfriend. All right. Like, and it wasn't. What an did she look like? She was hot. Yeah. And she looked real yes. smart. And she uh, looked quirky. Like, she was your type. I was just yeah. like, I was like, that's my boy. She had some horn, horn room glasses on. Yes, 1,000%. She yes! She, but she also had, like, she looked good. I was okay. Just like, I was like, my boy did good. All right, cool. And so, <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. But we're, like, not in the nosebleeds. We're, like, courtside. Yeah. Because, you know, our podcast is popping. Yo, is and that? I was going to ask. <laughs> we're doing courtside? good. I was right. thinking so much about our cast that I dream about our cast, apparently. Right. Um, so we're sitting courtside, shooting the shit, and my boyfriend is next to me. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend also happens to be Drake. <laughs> <laughs> and so, first of all, you were laughing too hard about this. We just watched a video of Drake. <laughs> yeah, God's Plan, which was lovely. It if was, you haven't seen it, it, it was, was very sweet. It was lovely, but it looked like... It looked like everyone in that video had a dream about Drake, probably oh, right. at some point. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. So, but anyway, Drake's your boyfriend. D- Drake's apparently my boyfriend. I yeah. don't even like like Drake like that, but I was like, I can I can like Drake like that. I mm-hmm. can, it'll, it won't be very hard, but I'll God's plan. God's <laughs> plan. Um, so we're just, shoot, I think it's definitely, in the we're in the United Center for sure. Either we're playing the in Raptors. In Chicago. In Chicago. Either we're playing the Raptors or the Knicks. Something's happening. Yeah. Like, you know, my dreams are kind of like watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game's happening. The Bulls win. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. We're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then um, we stay back. We, like, went back to uh, to locker rooms, talked to some of the The four play- of us. The four of us. Went to the locker room, talked uh-huh. to the players. You and your girl afterwards, like, do your own thing. Yeah. And, do your, and, like, and Drake's like, yo, yo, babe, I have... So I'm going to tell you. I want to show you some stuff. I'm like, oh, cool, let's go. And so we go out to the basketball court. No one's there. It's like darkness. Uh-huh. Think of like all the darkness. <laughs> the- I'm playing. I'm already like five steps ahead of you playing on different stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> and so the, the, the seats are all dark. Uh-huh. And like light is only on the court. Uh-huh. So let's play one-on-one. I'm like, yes, let's play one-on-one. And we're at, I'm in heels playing one-on-one with Drake. Uh-huh. And then, you know, we're Cross playing one-on-one. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm doing. He's doing his thing going back and forth break some ankles do what i do mm-hmm. 
And I'm way better at basketball in my dreams than I am in real life. It's so, like, damn. You're a globetrotter out here bouncing off his forehead. I'm dunking. I'm like, I'm doing things that I've never done before. You're playing Drake like the basketball. You're like, how's she bouncing me? And then, you know, like, it's very playful and, like, like it's obviously physical in the, like, the way we're playing. Like, Is this strip basketball or no, what's happening? No, it's just, this is not love oh. and basketball kind of basketball. Oh, okay. It's just, we're playing basketball. I mean, you It's your dream. I don't know. I mean... Anyway, and then, like, he, like, you know, grabs me and, like, trying to get the ball Like a hard foul, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm just like, what are you doing? You foul. And then I, like, push him, and Mm -hmm. then I, like, walk away, and then I'm like, why aren't you, you know, we're the, he's at the center of the court. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why aren't you, like, Mm -hmm. being up with me? And then he's on his knees, and he proposed to me, so I want to be proposed to an arena in darkness. That's a good one. And Drake. So, uh, Drake, I'm here for you if you want to... Want to propose to me uh, on the basketball court? Let's talk to Jerry Reinsdorf first. <laughs> She's like, can we use your gym, sir? <laughs> Excuse me? Your facility? Um, can, uh, and it was in the fact that it was in the United Center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your hometown yeah. arena. That yeah, means a that lot. That would mean a lot to me. So many banners. Just, uh, just, uh, and that would also be lit up, too. So it would just be, like, everything. And then off into, <laughs> you, you say yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And then off in the corners of the dark, dark gym. You just hear like a muffled clapping. Is that, is it's Benny the Bull just like <laughs> clapping. Yes. And then you hear another clap and it's Scotty Pippen on the other end. Oh my God, I would cry. I would straight up cry. Straight up cry. Then, it, I mean, I would then imagine like I had friends and family who would like, like you would, you probably left. Not, yeah, not, I came back. You, I you came like, back because you were like, I'm your friend. I'm excited that you got engaged to Drake. I knew this for like three months. Yeah, like I talked to Drake about this. So. <laughs> I gave this idea. <laughs> I thought it was on the podcast. So whichever guy I am dating, just let him know mm-hmm. that if it does get that serious, that this is what Bri wants. It's as private as possible. As private as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't need no kiss cam proposal. No, no. Ah, this, the, the, or do it someplace in a way that's really unexpected and goofy. Mm-hmm. I would like to think this person would appreciate a goofy proposal. Sure, I would, pr- I would love that. You yeah. know? So, like, I give her... Oh, God. No, that's a bad idea. I was like, make cereal in the morning mm-hmm. and just, like, put the ring in her cereal. Nope, because like, she will she'll eat that. break that tooth at least, <laughs> if not swallow that thing. And then it's we go to that, the ER. It's going to be that real kind of golden diamond. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be rough. rough um, or just put it in... I don't know. Some way... To like make don't it. Don't do the champagne. No, 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 no. Glass. Champagne. We don't even drink that much. Uh, <laughs> oh, you and your girl don't drink that much. No, we okay. don't. Good to uh, know. But yeah, no, we figured <laughs> out. I would also be fine being in a relationship where a person doesn't need to wear rings mm-hmm. or a very cheap, cheap band yes. that doesn't look like oh my God, a yes. gaudy rock. Oh my god, yes. Because I'm, I'm tired of this like. This older style diamond yeah. piece. I would the male band of love just it. that mm-hmm. love it. I would. It is so like, sexy seeing a guy with a wedding band. So hot. You know what? A woman with a band mm-hmm. also hot. I don't need Into to it. see a diamond on that thing. And there's also like cheap things. Like I know friends who wanted to have like two carat diamond rings and things like that. I'm like, that's expensive. Like, it is. and I've gone with some of my guy friends mm-hmm. to pick out engagement rings for their mm-hmm. future fiancés and things like that. And, like, the difference between a point nine nine mm-hmm. and a one carat mm-hmm. is, like, astronomical. Yeah. And, like, uh-huh. so, like, and just think about it as you go higher and higher. 
And but you can also like. What's like a baseline for one of those diamond rings that you've seen? What's a number that stands out in your mind? Uh, let's see, like ten thousand. You see, okay, no, what are we doing? No, I don't think I don't think you should like the the rule wow. is that it should be three months of your salary that you should be spending on the ring. Three months of your salary. Yeah. Okay, so here's what that I'd is like. the, that is the traditional rule. But like I like for me, uh-huh. I don't want a diamond ring. I don't want any like I you like having. Diamond ring. I don't. <laughs> I don't want like I like the idea of a big rock, but it doesn't have to be a diamond. You can get cheap rocks that look like diamonds and looks really pretty on Etsy and all these other things for like a tenth of that. You want to know? This is the kind of gal I'm talking about. I want a gal mm-hmm. who is a geologist. That can just make the rock for who, you. Not even, not, not even, where you're saying rock like a diamond. Right. I mean an actual rock. She likes stones. Yeah, stones. <clears throat> like granite? Like, well, not granite. Something like a, a sediment kind of situation. Like coal? Yeah. <laughs> you she says, garbage. I want somebody to give my favorite. Her story is uh, when I got into geology, the. <laughs> 35th layer is called this such and such layer. Right. And it's this like igneous rock yeah. that's from prehistoric time, blah, blah, blah. I would get her a ring made of that kind of igneous rock oh, that yeah. is cheap as dirt. Yeah. Because it is dirt. Because it is dirt. <laughs> and it has like all this protozoic yeah. carcass fossil stuff in yeah. it. And that means more to her than any kind of ring. Yeah. And I'd say I could spend three months' salary on a diamond ring mm-hmm. that society tells us we should get. Right, because people or, also do that for like giving it to their family. Like, hair, like I know friends who have like big rocks that they have gotten from, yeah, like doesn't, grandmothers and things like that. that. Doesn't matter to me. And <coughs> if I give it to her, she would say, I, or I could say, I put three months' salary into this, or I can get you the igneous rock that is. The core of what you're passionate about. Right. That's so And I could take the extra $9,000 and we can go on a two-month honeymoon backpacking or traveling, however, through Asia Mm -hmm. and Australia Mm -hmm. and maybe hit up Africa. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah, I like that so much better. Do some geological digs for fun. Let's do it. You know? Do it. Like that. What so we need f- a quirky, hot geologist. She doesn't have to be a geologist. She can do other stuff. Who? Yeah. We're going to find this for you. It's going to be great. All right, cool. And you're going to find me Drake. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I just saw him on TV. Yeah. I'll, get his, I'll get his information. Yeah, just do that for me. <laughs> actually, actually, my job is probably easier than your job. <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, yeah, I'll get started on <laughs> just that. Just go get started on that. Drizzy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but congrats to, to to Idris and yeah. his beautiful fiance. They look like a lovely couple. And wishing them all the love in the world. I don't know if you've been watching any Olympics, but there's a couple of Olympic things that have happened that are kind of awesome. But all we right. can just touch on it. Um, Miral uh, Nagasu. Nagasu, I think is her name. She made history because she is the first American woman to uh, hit and land the triple axel uh, in figure skating. In the Olympics. The first person to do that, not in the Olympics, I believe, was Tanya Harding. <gasps> and so, but you know, Tanya didn't go to the Olympics, right? right so um, she's the first person to do that. And her story is so sweet. Her parents couldn't go to Korea to watch her because they were running 
their business in California, mm-hmm. their restaurant business, mm-hmm. and they didn't even get to see it live. They saw it on DVR, and they would they and she was like just like said the most Asian thing happened to her, where her parents don't tell her that they're proud of her, but this is the first time they said they were proud of her. She's like, it was so weird, but I was so excited about that. I'm like, that's so sweet. Um, and Chloe Kim, she is uh, mm. a 17 year old mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who won gold for um, yeah. for the USA. For, oh, what was her? It was the half pipe. It was the half pipe. And she was the first woman to do a 180, like, in a row. Twice. Okay, I saw her do that. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, I mean, no shade by this, absolutely. Right. I watched her do that mm-hmm. replay three times. Mm-hmm. Or is it called a 1080 or something like that? It's, like, where the rotation is... Oh, like, 1080. Like, it's, yeah, I, I think it's a 1080. So it's like oh, a, okay, yeah. a 180. Because she made a couple moves mm-hmm. that were a turn, a turn, a right. turn. It looked like a 360. Right. And so, so ten, I was like, yeah, she did a 1080. Twice. And I knew she won gold. So in the replays I saw, I thought, it seems rather simple to just like turn around. Right. No, but she, but she did like, a 1080. She, so yeah. she was up there like a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. I must have missed that one. Yeah. And okay. so she's doing awesome. There's some radio hosts that, because she's 17 years old, made some sexual comments about her, like, can't wait till she's 18, because uh, how hot I'm, she is. Ah, <laughs> I cannot. Um, I cannot. I, I listened to it, and I was just like, this is disgusting. That's really... You, like, yet she's a very <sighs> pretty girl. Yeah, she she's, is. She's Korean herself. Her grandmother saw her win the gold mm-hmm. from Korea. Mm-hmm. Like, And, like, she is talking about her identity and stuff, which is so important and so wonderful. But, like, you have got to be kidding me. That's that, gross, man. That you take this and make it sexual. <clears throat> Get your life. You are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a piece of... And the radio, the U.S. radio host was sacked. Like, he got fired. So Good. So, but congrats to Chloe Kim. Like, she's doing really awesome stuff for being 17 years old mm-hmm. and doing this. Like, that's wild. She's going yeah. to do great. Um, and I believe Sean White also did well. But apparently he has some sexual harassment stuff. Going on with him. The show white though. Um, so apparently it was something I have a couple years ago, and then he's like, "I'm not here to talk about rumors," and I'm just like, "Oh." Uh, oh. I could hear Sean White saying that. Yeah, he's like, "I'm here to talk about the fact that I he got gold, I believe." So for it, so I'm like, "Well, anywho." But that's Olympic stuff. But something really big happened this past week in the art world, and I want you to talk about it as the art. Yes. Like genius of the duo. Yes, child. Uh, and I want to know your thoughts because I have so many thoughts. I have about. a ton of thoughts. So let's do it. The moment we've all been waiting for has arrived sooner than I thought, actually. Yeah, uh, seriously, because it was announced, what, no, June? November? It wasn't like that long ago. I don't know, but it just seemed like yesterday. Yeah. The former President Obama and First Lady Michelle uh, chose... Kehinde Wiley and Amy Sherald, respectively, to mm-hmm. paint their portraits uh, for the National Gallery. And, and I love that they chose them. Two black portrait painters. Yep. And they are not the first black portrait painters um, because the Clintons hired uh, black por- portrait painters, but for the White House, for the official White House portraits, not for the National Museum portraits. Okay. So just. Just so you know. Okay. Either way, I did not know that, but I don't know if it makes a difference. It doesn't because this is much like this is great. Okay. Yeah. Continue. The portraits were unveiled and just bottom line. Exactly what I expected. Dope as hell. Dope as hell. Yeah. And it's it's you don't realize how. (gasps) 
Oh my god, Wrigley. Can you... Okay, stop it, bud. Have a little good grace when we're talking about the president. <laughs> Would you keep it? He is growling. Hail Caesar. Please, <laughs> child. All right, so... Um, the, the guy... So Kehinde Wiley, you know, pulls the sheep back on Obama's thing. Exactly what I was expecting. No, no, it was not what I was expecting. You didn't expect that? No, I because it's the most, it's one of the most tame portraits Kehinde Wiley's ever done. Because he's the only guy I can remember in his portraits who's sitting in a chair. Yes. Everyone else is standing. On a horse. Or or on a horse, yeah. and they're just regal, and their chests are out. You're right. Obama is sitting forward in a chair with his no tie, elbow, no tie, just two buttons undone, Ooh. with his hands draped across his knees, mm-hmm. and he's leaning forward, and you can see the ruffles in the upper part of his chair. Most presidents are standing, mm-hmm. or they are like leaning against a pillar, like Reagan was. Obama is leaning forward in his chair, looking very pensively forward at us, and he is just surrounded by this, this complete uh, wall of ivy mm-hmm. or, or tree leaf of some type with mm-hmm. flowers coming out here you know or the there. Symbol, the symbolism of the flowers. Okay, I was going to ask you about the allegory of the flowers. Can do I you tell have, you? Do you okay. know? Yeah. Please tell me. So he had blue Kenyan uh, irises. Oh God! There was a Kenyan flower in there. The, no, the irises. The I think yeah. that's what the green. A was. blue Kenyan iris. Yeah, a blue Kenyan iris. But Kenya's in the name. Yes, but it's it's from Kenya. So Own where that. his 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 daddy's from? Where, for those of you where he was born. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We are not brothers. We're not. Just we're kidding. not 45. Get your life together. <laughs> um, and two Hawaiian jasmines. Yes. Which is where he grew up in yes. Hawaii, yes. which is also where he was born. Everybody yes. get the hell out of here. To well, see, I told you he was born outside <laughs> the United States. Dummy Hawaii is... A, all right, move on. Uh, to chrysanthemums, which are the official flower of Chicago. Oh, God, God, God. Um, so where his, you know, his, his um, career was launched. So those were the three flowers that you I'm saw. I'm getting an art hard-on right now. Oh, my God, it's, I saw that. It's an just, art on. So that was good. That was good. You're I welcome. saw the chrysanthemums. I'm just like, that's Chicago. Because I know mm-hmm. Chicago like stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I'm like... That's Chicago. And then I'm like, let me search this yes. to make sure I'm not losing my mind. Kehinde Wiley is a portrait painter, and so he concerns himself with most Renaissance and Baroque portrait painting, yeah. oh, which uses so a lot of symbolism from fruits, flowers, plants. Um, everything means something. Yeah. And so when I saw, there's only like five of those flowers in there yeah. or something. It, it's few, not, it's skimp. Not, but enough to like it, be it, pronounced that you yes. notice them. I was like, that means something. Okay. Very cool. His portrait is Green, so it's just fully flushed green yeah. backdrop. Which Kahinde's pieces yeah. are usually very ornate, mm-hmm. and this gold is leaf, lots of gold, gold leaf, leafing yeah. and a lot of uh, uh, just yeah, just ornate flowery curves and lines. And yeah, but this was more just a flat, but uh, uh, what do you, what do you say? Um, starts with an F. I want to say fern. It was like it looked like fern gully in the background, whatever the hell was oh, going yeah, on. Yeah. It was just full it of just lush like plants. Ivy to me. Yeah, it just looks like ivy. Well, I thought the ivy was like to his like uh, Ivy League college, education. Like, ivy League education. It didn't quite look like ivy, but it, but it functions can, like yeah, ivy. It functions the so way that sure, it is. Yeah, that's sure. how I that's how I perceived it. The um but when you look at his portrait mm-hmm. compared to have you seen some of the grams of all forty four president portraits? Oh, in the National Museum? Yes. His looks hella loud. He is if you 
Oh, visually? You're, you are getting a little too excited, buddy. Visually, <laughs> if you look at every portrait of a like white boring, president. boring, 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 boring. All get out until you get to this man who is basically, he just, with so much green, you see it as is by right. itself. And you don't think much of it right. other than it's just like a dynamic portrait. Yeah. But when you see it in the context of all those Everybody other people, else. it's like an inferno. It's like, it's it might as well be like, fire. It was like Black Panther came and went... <laughs> Yo, he looks so, He came in with the most black portrait. Oh, hell yes. It's, like, it's, it stops short of him being in a daishiki. daishiki. Yeah. Like, that's... But it, I also love... I think he's the only president that also wasn't wearing a tie or, like... Yes, he like was. Like, super formal. You're correct. Um, and I think it was also important that um, it was re- revealed during Black History Month. Mm-hmm. <coughs> which is, I think, a very important thing. Um, and super dope that it that he had a queer black artist yes. do it. I'm so glad he did not... <coughs> Take a safe road, and I think about what kind of president he was. Mm-hmm. And I see pictures of him day after day for various things on TV, and I think to myself how much I love this man. And he wasn't a perfect president. There's no, a lot of things that he, he made. He made some mistakes, and and he owns that. And but mm-hmm. he also had a lot of opposition but in his, his work. Yeah, but. Um, it's the he character. So good. It's the character of this man and the way that he stands out and the way that he, it, when we question his blackness and for various reasons, mm-hmm. he visually uh, steps into his identity yeah. in that way. And unapologetically. Unapologetically, and this portrait cements forever. You will see him in this portrait gallery. I can't wait to go and see it. A hundred years from now, you'll know he was the first black president because the yeah, way he no did this portrait. And I, I also read, you know, so they get like updates of how the portrait is looking because mm-hmm. uh, they took pictures of obviously the the president and the first lady for this portrait so that they could paint it because they're yeah. not going to sit them the whole, you know, many hundreds of hours that they took to do, to do the portrait. Yeah, if you want to cut corners, sure. Sure, if you, if you want to cut corners, right? Um, and then... Uh, they were saying that, like, as they were updating the president and and the first lady, did not ask for any changes. They're like, "We love it, keep it going." Like, they they weren't being divas, but mm-hmm, they, that they mm-hmm. easily could have been mm-hmm. about like, "No, I want this to be this. I want this to be this." They made them stay true to their artistic character. Yes, because both the both yeah, the paintings are like, if I looked at uh-huh. Michelle Obama's painting, I'm just uh-huh. like, "Yeah, that's that, an Amy Sherrill. That's an Amy Sherrill painting." Okay, let's talk about that. Because because I will tell you. Twitter I was know, not, I was, know. Was like, what the I hell know. Is this? I want to say people were saying some stuff. So, and I, do you want to describe it? Yeah. So the so so Amy the Michelle Obama's painting is her sitting uh, wearing this halter top dress that has lots of pattern, not lots of like has pattern in it. It's a mm-hmm. white dress with some pattern. Um, in a blue background, like a very flat blue background. Yeah. Uh, baby blue, like a baby. A little grayish baby blue. Yeah, a grayish baby blue. Yeah. And her hair is laid perfectly. Mm-hmm. My God, her hair was perfect. Um, and her skin, mm-hmm. which is what everyone had a lot of issues with, her yes. skin and her face, yes. um, is grayscale. Yes. And if you know Amy Sherlin's paintings mm-hmm. and how she paints, yes. that is how she captures the black. Like how co- like yes. that color is important but not important right. in in the conversation about race. Right. Um, and if you saw the dress that she was wearing, 
um, if like uh, they were saying that the actual dress that she was wearing has pockets, it talks about her casualness mm-hmm. of like being mm-hmm. like she was very down to earth mm. kind of you know casual president. Well, I she mean, is oh, it's, not it, president, uh, first lady. It's a sleeveless uh, dress, so you, right? Yeah, and so the you, arms. So you see her beautiful arms, um, and so I really appreciated the 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 folks who are um, in pop culture who were like when everyone was like. You know, Obama's is so colorful and beautiful, and then Michelle's is so like drab and doesn't look like her. Her face is not as like um, specific in the way that yeah. it's, it's detailed. Yeah. But that's Amy Sherman's work. Like if she you look at her stuff, artist. she specifically chose that artist. And the mm-hmm. way that Michelle talked about how they connected, they had a sister thing going mm-hmm, on, you know, which mm-hmm. was like super cute. Mm-hmm. And I will say, when I watched the unveiling mm-hmm. and like watched them do their speeches, mm-hmm. I was tearing up the whole time because I missed them so oh god much. oh god and then it also was like in the in the wake of valentine's day and things like yeah. that too um because it was uh, february 12th i think that it happened two days later it was valentine's day mm-hmm. and I w- the way obama was talking about michelle in like the way like she captured her beauty and the hotness that i see in her and like the kindness in her eyes i'm just sitting there like you are so in love with her <laughs> it is so cute <laughs> like i can't handle it I want the love that Michelle and Barack it's have. So, it's so good. So sweet. Uh. And so, uh, for those of you who don't know their work, I re- personally recommend you just searching their stuff because it's now, they're blown up in a way that's awesome. <clears throat> I think Amy's what, like 45 years old? She's a little older, yeah. And like the fact that she's like having this stage to do this is yeah. like super important. Like, when you listen to her work and reading her work, mm-hmm. uh, learn, learning about her work, she's taking old slave portraits that were often black and white mm-hmm. and really paying homage to that yeah. in her grayscale of the yeah. black body. And yes. it's like, do you know how beautiful that is? Like, yes. do you understand the depth of that? Because right. even for me, for a second, I was just like, oh, I wish she would have changed her color to be like... That brown. That brown color. The chocolate, yeah. But then I'm just like, no, but that's just not her. That's not her. And so, and, and again, I knew this about Amy Sherwin before I even saw the portrait. So when I saw it, <clears throat> I was just into it so much. I was hoping, I was worried that she wasn't going to be true to herself as an artist because of the importance of this portrait. Sure. Then, but when she sunk into that and said, this is who I am and this is why Miss Obama chose me, mm-hmm. loved that she stayed committed to the grayscale. And at the end of the day, I looked at it and I thought, you, if, even if she, My you could tell she's black. Uh, a different color, you'd say? Not the, no, I, underst- I understood the blue. I just wish it was textured a little bit more. Because it was really flat to me. But that's she, similar she, to what she No, does. but she has other... She has textured some backgrounds. Some, yeah, but, and, I, but I've noticed that her blue backgrounds are not textured. Yeah. I don't know if that's like... It, it may be, coincidence, but... I, but I, th- I think this one's stronger what, because it just gives only presence to the dress, the pockets, the simple mm-hmm. nature of her. It's not... So you don't she see the pockets until you like... Yeah, like, Michelle is very subtle, and so I like that she didn't do anything to the background because the classy act mm-hmm. is Michelle, front and center. Yeah. Either way, what I was saying about the skin tone is you can still tell she's it's a black woman. 100%. If you, even if you took brown out of it, the gray well, is a the, black well, that's skin the tone. Point, that's the point of the, the black and white photos of these <clears throat> black bodies, these black mm-hmm. slaves that you saw. You could tell they were black. 
It's not like she whitewashed her. No. She left her very prominently black and right. even accented that was, by having a white dress. Right. And if you saw her this as a black and white photo, mm-hmm. that's what she would look like. Yeah. Haters on Instagram don't be knowing their <coughs> art history, man. You need so, to learn your art history. Learn it. But also, uh, let's talk about the face, though. Because people had issue with Michelle's face. Yeah, that it what some people thought that it looked like uh, Carrie Washington from Scandal. Um, I can see some of that. I can see that, but but yeah. but at the end of the day, it looks like Michelle, except for the portrait painter in me, saw it and instantly went to the her right eye on our left side. That's exactly what I thought too. And I said that if you had lowered that Just a half an inch, yes. maybe three, maybe a quarter of an inch even, that p- portrait is different and yeah. probably corrected. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I thought me. that too. I thought that and then <clears throat> if there was a little bit more lining mm-hmm. by her mouth, I noticed that as well. And yeah. that was the only... But even for that, I was still... I still was like, this is still her. This is still It's still her. Michelle, and it's still Amy Sherlock. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. There's a... And you know what? And I will still go to it and want to touch it, and will try to touch it when I go. Because okay. I'm going to be that person. Well, good luck. Because uh, <laughs> then I'm going to get arrested. Will you bail me out? Please? So there's a Picasso painting, <laughs> right, uh, that was done a long time ago of uh, Gertrude Stein, uh-huh. famous novelist, uh-huh. and... A friend of Picasso looked at it, and this is when Picasso was going through more of his African mm-hmm. his African mask phase. Right. And the friend said, you know, that portrait doesn't really look like Gertrude. Mm-hmm. And Picasso said, don't worry, it will. He means by that... After you look at it for a while? After you've seen this portrait enough times, it lives in the American visual psyche as Gertrude Stein. Yeah. And people will say it looks like Gertrude Stein. Into it. Because it's a portrait of Gertrude Stein. Into it. So now it looks like her because you've seen it enough times and you've seen her less times, especially as time goes on and she's less, um, her face changes, her body Mm -hmm. changes, and she eventually will pass away. Mm -hmm. This portrait will live on. Don't say that. She'll live forever. Gertrude Stein? No. Oh, okay. Oh, she dead. No, yeah. I'm talking about Michelle. Because like, <laughs> yeah. I know you're trying to compare this. Yeah, yeah. We're I'm Michelle. having a lot of... <laughs> please don't say that. I know you love Gertie that much. I um, do. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so when Gertie Michelle passes Michelle. away... Stop it. We will only be able to look at these portraits and pictures and say like, oh man, she was beautiful and this portrait pat- uh, captures her perfectly. Good job to these artists. I think it's a tremendous job. And just beautiful all around. Oh, all man. around beauty. That took over Instagram for people who don't care about art at all. You know what else took over Instagram? What's that? The fake Obama beard. Yo, that fake Obama beard? I was, I was wildly take, attracted I, to that. <laughs> listen, if you didn't see it, there, someone photoshopped a beard on Obama, and it looked damn fine. I mean, sir. Whoa. I was like, my insides feel funny. Whoa. He, he looked good. And even <clears throat> if it was fake, whatever. But damn. That was a very fine-looking president. and uh, He was we, fine-looking in the office, too. Yeah, he was. But that you know, black and the the salt and pepper look, he's really rocking very well. And it makes me realize we haven't had a good president with a beard since I don't know. Was it Grant? Sure. Eighteen sixty something. I don't think we've had a lot with really good facial hair, facial hair in our lifetime. Teddy Roosevelt had a mustache. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, everybody's been clean shaven. It's the thing to do, apparently. Yeah, it's a white thing to do. Or yeah, black. of course. You can do whatever the fuck you want. When you black, get back. <laughs> but yeah, but those are all the good things that happened. 
Okay, good. Should we talk about some bad things? How about we talk about one bad thing? Let's talk about because we're like an hour in already, and I'm. Well, this is gonna. I. I don't I hate, know I if we start this. I don't know if I can stop. This. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to reel you in. Because right, I have. Ready? All right. Just all right. You go in. I'm just gonna sit here and just be upset. You fill me in on what I'm missing here. All right, let's go. I don't engage in my morning news like I used to sure. because it just riles riles me up. Better for your health. Well, from what I understand, we had a school shooting. Yeah. Seventeen people died. Mm-hmm. In Florida, yeah. Parkside. Parkland, I thought. Parkland. Let me make sure. But continue on. And uh, in all of this, it's ignited, reignited, a conversation around gun control. It's Parkland. Parkland. Thank you. It's reignited a conversation around gun control and As mental. As it usually does. And some mental health. Mm-hmm. The person who, uh, or persons who were shooting. Person. One person. One person. Student. Former student. So he graduated. He's not. No, he got kicked out of school. Ah. He's 19 years old. Okay. Do we know what he was kicked out for? I don't know. Okay. I didn't care to know. Okay. That's fine. So here's the... Do you, do you have thoughts? Do you want to just... So some other facts. Uh, he bought an AK, whatever, a, assault rifle. Okay. Legally. Mm-hmm. He can't even drink, mm-hmm. but he... But he bought an, bought an assault rifle legally. Yeah. I just found out today that the FBI, about six weeks ago, had hit, had a anonymous tipster mm, tell yeah, them that this. he was thinking things and doing things that were problematic. Um, <clears throat> I also found out um, that... Let me just make sure that I'm not uh, messing this up. Sorry, guys. Um, that... Uh, there was potentially white nationalism stuff with him. Um, that hold on, let me just make sure. I could I can't find it anyway. Um, that that he may have gotten training by some uh, neo Nazis apparently. Um, so that's a thing. Um, and that I also found out that his mother uh, passed away from the flu on November first. Uh, him and his sibling, I think his younger brother was. Um, adopted by his parents at a young age and his father died of a heart attack when he was 10 so his mom kind of raised the both of them Mm -hmm. and his mother suddenly died on november 1st of this past year (coughs) due to complications of the flu pneumonia specifically Mm -hmm. um which is incredibly sad i don't know how you can lose both your parents and like be okay Mm -hmm. so some of the family feels that this might that might have triggered some things for him Mm mm-hmm um, that he may have autism potentially, or he may have been kicked out of school. Like that, mm-hmm. I know he was kicked out of school for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, there were a lot of heroes who used their bodies to shield their friends or yeah, other students. Um, so I really care more about them. I don't even know what this guy's name is, and I don't care. I don't you know, know either. I read the bios of the seventeen people. Yeah. Oh man. A and coach, uh, there's several coaches, yeah. and one of them is a cross country coach and a, I think a geography teacher. teacher. Yeah. And his picture just looks so much like my cross country coach when I was in was high he school. Was also a geography teacher? No, he was a history teacher. Oh, okay. But the two were very similar, and it made me think of man, he would have taken any number of bullets for for his students. Students, yeah. yeah. 
And the fact that the one place that you're supposed to learn and grow is a, is the place that you have a fear. There's a fear of like you could die. And that day they had a fire drill earlier that day. Mm. And so the fire drill was pulled again. Apparently he was trying to like he he was trying to like move with the students when the drill was happening mm-hmm. um, to kind of get away, but they didn't. They, that didn't happen for him. Um, I walked into my apartment during lunch to, or like a little past lunch to grab something and the TV was on because Wrigley watches the TV while I'm away at work, obviously. And that's all I saw. Just all it reminded me of was April 20th, 1999 Mm -hmm. when the Columbine shooting happened Mm -hmm. and seeing these young people like with their hands up where, you know, or on their head trying to get, get out, you know, safely. Um, and I'm just like, that happened almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is still happening. Uh, I heard we've had 18 school shootings thus far this year. Yeah. We have one over almost every 10 hours or something like that. Yeah. I think the way the way that... I think there's some like crazy statistic that's just like, we just have too many. Or at least one a week. Yeah. Yeah, at the least. So there's a school shooting today too. Yeah. That I heard about. Where so, was that one? Um, I believe it was in Florida as well that someone mm. got shot in the leg, but I don't know if it was like a shooting or if it was like okay. something else. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, thoughts. I don't know. I, I don't think thoughts even matter at this point because this is my, this is my understanding. There is a cycle and there's a good meme about it um, that I can share if I can find it, um, oh, like maybe I can't find it. That there's a cycle of this country's apathy towards um, the BS that is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> gun violence. It's usually mass shooting happens. Everyone says thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers are wonderful. Yeah, great. Give them. There's Facebook debates that happen about about the, gun control. Gun control. And then everyone forgets after some time. Give it a couple weeks. People yeah, two are going to forget. Yeah. And then Congress continues to do nothing. So right. Some of this happens kind of all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then crickets are chirping. Nothing happens. Right. And then we have another mass shooting. Yep. That's so, pretty much the cycle so of our entire is, lives. This is the cycle that has been happening for as long as I can remember. Um, I, I'm not a hunter. I don't care to own a gun. I don't care. <coughs> If you want to own a gun, go ahead. But you should have some background checks to get those guns. Do you need a freaking assault rifle to kill a deer? And some people would say yes. And those people would be stupid. I just don't like, I just don't understand. And the minute I gave up on even having this gun control conversation Mm -hmm. was when Sandy Hook happened. We oh had, no! We I, had oh, babies. God. We had babies die. Babies, five-year-old babies who had. We had babies, Alex. Die. As you're saying this, as you've been talking, I'm only thinking about President Obama and him crying at that podium. Yes. And he has he has he has pushed legislation. People are like he didn't do anything. I'm just are like, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He has pushed legislation, and the freaking Republican House and Senate was like, Nah, boo, we're good. So everyone could go get like people are like we should uh, arm the teachers. You are you st- are you kidding me? You won't even pay for their like pencils and papers, and you want to help? You have enough money to give them guns? 
Guns. You are you are actually out of your so absolute. So you're gonna ask them to do what with those guns? Carrying them on them in the lunchroom when they're doing lunchroom duty? You want them to carry that on them or lock it in their classrooms and then leave their classrooms to go help do lunchroom duty or recess? Right, right. And then some kid in we the sixth problems. grade go pick a gun out of a right. drawer. Right, and we also have problems with trained police officers going a little gun happy. Yeah. On black and brown bodies. We got... God. So don't, don't let me get started when you have teachers who are in these schools with black and brown students. It just goes back to the argument that, well, if you notice, these shootings happen in gun-free zones. Gun-free zones. Places where counties say, we don't allow guns in our county. Okay. Or like open carry or concealed carry. Either carry. They still brought a gun You can still bring... There's no like force field around an entire county. It's not well, like an electric fence that right. we give for dogs, but folks. It's, well, if they all had guns, it would have been okay. Are you... I can't even... It's like when I hear something like that, it makes me think of a car that, you know, you want to pop the hood to see how the insides look. Right. And you open the hood. And instead of a standard engine setup that might have some issues with it, it's completely rusted out and right. fucked up and things are like oozing out of stuff and it's such a problem that the car is totaled you don't even know where to begin right with the argument with the argument of it's a gun-free zone more people need to have more guns because that'll fix the gun problem i don't even know where to begin with that fucked up kind of rationale it is it is a again babies died and no one cared no one cared and you know what and you, can i tell you yeah it was white babies we killed five okay so can we get into that? We talk about white babies dying. We're not because because I can tell you, black and brown babies are dying in the south side of Chicago for gun violence and gang violence every day. Say it again, Obama. Every day, these white babies died, and nobody cares because the NRA mm-hmm. are that whole organization, whole organization, can go die. Cowards. Hundred percent cowards. You are murderers. Murderers. Well, I won't say the whole organization. There are probably some like people who are middle ground or maybe sure, but gun liberal. Organi- but the but organization, the organization is so like uh, there was a writer for Jimmy Kimmel who I forgot her name uh, was trolling every single Republican um, politician who were like our thoughts and prayers go to Parkland, Florida, all these different things. Mm-hmm. She replied to them with how much money the NRA gave them. Yeah, I love. Oh yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh, yes. I saw that. And then like. You can't, you know, and the NRA has a lot of money and a lot of power, and that is because, and that is why we have not been able to pass any legislation, legislation regarding this. And there are countries and all over, like we are number one in 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 car- mass incarceration mm-hmm. and gun violence. Number one, we are number one in nothing else. That's right. Gun violence and mass incarceration. We have five percent of the world's population and thirty one percent of its mass shootings. It's. It Even Bernie terrible. Sanders, Bernie Sanders, during his campaign run, mm-hmm. when people asked him on Capitol Hill for an interview, they asked him questions. Bernie shot straight answers. Right. They asked him about the NRA mm-hmm. and his connection to funding through the NRA and his thoughts on gun control. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. They didn't ask him about funding from NRA. Like, they, I asked think about, any... they asked him about gun control. Right. If you've never seen Bernie Sanders wilt before... Mm. At a question. If you've never seen Bernie Sanders dodge, sidestep, two-step his way out. He doesn't do that. But if you ask him about gun control, watch Bernie dance. Mm -hmm. He's a great two-stepper in that moment. They asked him twice about that. They asked him a follow-up. I didn't get an answer on that. 
you're, he's a very straight shooter. Burn, and, the fact, and the fact that he can't do that makes me question some things. He could not answer that question, and they had to cut to the next, uh, next segment. Segue. This whole situation stinks to high hell, and America's going to forget about it, and we're going to wait till the next, next mass shooting. I will say I was at NIU when the NIU shooting happened, mm-hmm. so Northern Illinois University. This is right after Virginia Tech. And I was far away from the shooter, but we were still all on lockdown, right? And I was only there for a conference situation thing for, for school. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and I remember being so scared mm-hmm. for my life, thinking, crap, I'm not going to see my parents again. I'm not, I shouldn't feel that way about where I go to school. Right. <coughs> and that's just, unfortunately, the world we live in. Um, Florida is among... The only, actually, it's the only of the 13 southern states mm-hmm. from the former Confederacy where gun owners are not. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Are not, are not required to register a handgun or a rifle. But he, he had his registered. That's fine, but it's one of the states where you're not required to register anything if you don't want to. Uh, um, it's also the place where uh, Trayvon Martin died. Yeah. Just saying, Florida is a piece of garbage. It's a penis. It's a penis of our country. So I'm I'm seeing something in this also mm-hmm. that I well I'm not seeing something really. Mm-hmm. When mass shootings happen, mm-hmm. like the As they do the freaking uh, San Diego situation. <coughs> yes, mental health. Well, we know it was mental health, but some people point toward what were their affiliations to terrorist cells. Yeah. What was their affiliation to Islam? Oh, San Quran. Diego wasn't. You're talking about San Bernardino? San Bernardino. Yeah, that you. wasn't mental health. That was absolutely terrorism. <clears throat> well, yeah, some people were like, that was terrorism. Blah, that blah. was terrorism. People will go toward that and say that was terrorism, right? And it was. Okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. This is also terrorism. This is also terrorism. But when a white so was person. Las Vegas. So Las was, Vegas. Yeah. When this happens and people go to shooting people, mm-hmm. a whole sect of far right or just moderate right people will mm-hmm. point toward brown people. Everything that you just described about this young man, 19, mm-hmm. kicked out of school, mother died, father died, he might have Sucks. autism. All things that All things suck. Sucks. I'm sorry that those things happened to him. I wish they didn't. But if he were a black Muslim, he would be a terrorist in this conversation. Mm-hmm. But because he is a white kid... He has the that luxury. He has... Maybe autism. Mm-hmm. Oh, because his mom died. And it's not the gun problem. Mm-hmm. It's because unfortunate circumstances are thoughts and prayers. And, you know, we're over-medicating <clears throat> our kids. And, you know, it's a, it's a mental health issue. Why is it when you're white? Why is it when you are white? You, I don't know why I'm, like, being really direct. Go ahead. You, but, like, why is it when you are white, you have that pass for everything? For everything, you know, it's a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, they just didn't get the opportunities that they needed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's because because of affirmative action, they couldn't get into that school. Like, why is it always, why do you have to be a victim in this moment? You victimized, you terrorized, you terrorized human beings. 17 people who were, who had futures, many mm-hmm. of them young people who had futures to be some of the greatest of greatest humans of our of our life mm-hmm. of our lifetime, and I don't care. And you robbed it from them. And, and, and the number seventeen, it doesn't matter what the number no, is. No, one could be, is too long. Too one much. is too many. It could be half 100, a hundred. It could is, be half. Uh, it doesn't matter. You, uh, the intention. More the intention was to destroy lives. 
That is the definition of terrorism. Yeah, was you the def- terrorize. Was the idea to destroy lives in order to defend a country, sovereignty of a nation, anything mm-hmm. like that? It was the idea of destroying lives for the sake of destruction. That is terrorism. And I don't care if he's white. I don't care if he's purple. We need to call it what it is. And so the next time we have a black person who, or a Muslim mm-hmm. who shoots people... Has any melanin in their who skin. has any melanin in their skin, yep. and they have a mental, uh, not a, what do you call it? a psychological, mental disability of some kind that structures how they see the world, and they go to harming people out of a potential autism or something. I want them to get a pass too. Then, yeah, I want us to say because mental health was an issue in this person. Mm-hmm. That's why they took to this. Not because they hated white people or they hated America or they hated patriotism because that's what people wrap up in their guns. Their whiteness, their patriotism, their God, and their flag. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. And it took until Dylan, or whatever his name Dylan was Ruth. in South Carolina, Dylan yeah, he had a gun and he shot up a black church. It was like, white kid in the black church. Well, it wasn't quite a hate crime until we found a picture of him with the Confederate flag and some like hate speech. Are we done? Everyone was like, okay, maybe it is terrorism. It's like, even if he didn't have the flag, even if there was no hate speech, the idea that he terrorized bodies, people, it is terrorism. It's it just, n- <sighs> like it, the, my first, again, I come back to, White babies died and no one cared. So white babies died in Connecticut. No one cared. Well, so it goes to say that... Okay, it don't matter. So it doesn't even matter that it's white bodies. It matters that guns are more important than human lives Absolutely. in this country. Absolutely. So if you have a... So I was listening to one of the most recent podcasts on uh, This American Life. Mm-hmm. And the episode's called Words You Shouldn't Say. And there's this episode where... An Alabama congresswoman. Mm, you told me about <laughs> she's this. She's Republican. Oh. She's older and she's sweet as pie. And her voice is very nice and welcoming. She voted for Trump. She's pro-Trump. Sure. She's pro-America. She's pro-guns. She carries a little pistol in her uh, in her purse with her wherever she goes. I'm like, are you carrying? They asked her on the interview. She's like, yeah, I got it in my purse right now. Sure. And um, <clears throat> so she's on the side of that. They brought an issue to her from the schools where they've had some students who had brought very realistic fake guns. Some people called them toy guns. Just to, because, well, you're asking why? They don't mean, okay, anyway. We're, we live in America. This is Alabama. I'm talking about you these are kids. You know what? I live, I live in <laughs> the Northeast, so I, I mean, kids. you're right. I don't know. I don't understand any These of are kids who said, I live in America. Guns are cool. I've seen them in movies. Right. People get shot. Right. Kids buy toy guns. So they got very realistic looking guns so they could just have them. Right. Because it's the idea of holding it. Right. And just having it. There's power in holding a gun. I can see that. That's all it is. It's pretty much just having power and authority. And so they have these guns. Sometimes they're like airsoft guns that shoot little pellets or BBs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they're just model guns. Like Nerf guns. Yeah. Oh my God. So they, uh, but they don't have like the orange cap on it or anything. It just right. looks straight up realistic. Right. right. So much so that when a sheriff came to inspect the gun, like we found a gun on this kid. Sheriff comes, looks at the gun. He's like, I've been a sheriff 
for over 30 years and I own a lot of guns, I've been around guns, I shoot guns, and it takes me about three minutes to inspect this in my hand mm-hmm. to figure out whether this is real or not. And it's not a real gun. Right. And if this guy is an expert in gun and a gun enthusiast, can't tell if this is real. He says, if someone points a gun at you in a school that looks like this, you got three minutes to make a decision on what you're going to do about it. No, you have two seconds. It incites violence and terror and fear. Yeah. So they would, if it is, yeah, you would call it in and someone would come and try and neutralize the situation. So she, getting advice from the sheriff and hearing this from other people, says, oh, it's real simple. I will just go ahead and put forth a bill to my constituents. Let's, let's solve let's, let's, let's just solve this issue. Ban these guns from school. Not guns, specifically these fake guns. Toy guns. We'll ban toy fake guns mm-hmm. from school. Toy what happens, fake sir? guns. What happened, sir? Tell the me. The people who have known her for years mm-hmm. said, I got a bill coming from this person who I know very well, who I trust. Mm-hmm. I know I barely have to read this because she's got good wits about her, but then someone asked me to pause and read that carefully, and this looks like a gun control bill. Mm -hmm. It's a slippery slope, isn't it? There's no way she could be passing a gun control bill. And then they called her and said, are you trying to... Is this a joke? Are you trying to pass gun legislation? From her Republican constituents. And she says, no, these fake guns in schools, and you know, I don't want kids to have them. They're like... I don't know if you slipped and bumped your head or like, are you, what is, they said, are you crazy? And she says, what's the problem? It's like, this looks and smells like a gun control bill. And she says, but if these are toy fake guns. These are not, there's nothing to do with real guns. They don't. I bet you anything they were thinking that, oh, this is going to be something that. They said this will lead to gun control bills. So someone on the interview asked one of the guys, how does a bill about fake guns threaten your right to carry real guns? Hmm. And he said, there is no actual impingement on the Second Amendment in this bill. Right, nothing. But there is the appearance mm. of an impingement. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. No, it does not make a damn bit of sense. No, it doesn't, absolutely. It but really I, doesn't. But you are so paranoid, white man. I'm sure it was a white man. No, I was. Everybody was white in the story. Yeah, but, and you were so paranoid, and like a being American equals guns, mm-hmm. being American equals Christianity, mm-hmm. and I just put that in air quotes because thou shalt not kill is one of the Ten Commandments, just saying. Being American equals white. Being American equals, you know, good Southern cooking. Mm. It's That's what that equals. Not human bodies, and that we should all live in harmony together. That's how it, and that's why I'm like so over this gun control conversation. Because what I don't know what else to do. Because if babies dying don't mean anything to you, I don't know. Like I'm always very apprehensive when it comes to Valentine's Day and April twentieth, because those are the two days where things happen. Like people play homage to Hitler slash uh, the Columbine shooters, mm-hmm. and Valentine's Day is a is notoriously known for a day of like massacres in in our history. Mm-hmm. So I always got nervous. So I'm like, oh, there's no school shootings. We're good. We're good. And I walk into my apartment. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Him. This, uh, I just thought of something else. During that podcast episode, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the guy who was talking to her, who was a closer friend, said, listen, because I care about you, I don't want 
you know, your career to go south on this bill. If you're trying, <laughs> he said, if you're trying to solve this issue of fake guns in schools, we can look at that, but this bill is not the way to do it. What was the other way to do it? He never said, and he didn't have any ideas. The idea of having fake guns in schools, that's, you know, that's fine. We can correct that. But banning fake guns from schools is not the way to do that. Yeah. I, I want, my ears are bleeding. When it's, I, it's not, it's like the guns are one thing, but what I'm, the, here's what I'm saying. For those people out there who are gun enthusiasts, you want to have your guns, you want to collect guns, you want to be able to fire guns at gun ranges and out in the country and shoot things off of fences and practice Huns that stuff. And, yeah, whatever. And you want to have it for like self-defense, right? Cool. That's fine. We got laws that say you register your pistol, your handgun. In some states, you can conceal it. In some states, it's open carry. You see people walking around with guns in Texas, and it ain't no thing. That's fine. Gun legislation is only saying for anyone with a pistol, a gun, firearm, you need a background check. Just want to make sure you're good. We want to make sure you are psychologically fit to have a firearm. Because if you're not psychologically fit to have a gun, you might, I don't know, kill people. Oh, no. Really? And military-grade assault rifles. Things not used for hunting deer. You can have your rifle. You can have your shotguns. If you want a high-grade military automated weapon... Why? You can't have that. Why do you need that? Because you just Ugh. want it. I don't care if you want it. It's like... Uh, I, I, <clears throat> it's for self-defense. Against a rhino? <laughs> <laughs> Against... Because one shot, you can do, like, how many... How many come out of it? Like... Yeah, or like 100? a standard uh, I don't know. Handgun? I don't know anything about That's it. like 12 to 20. That's like wild to me. You know how many people you could kill and injure? Which is now... Which 12 is the... to 20. I hate you. What? <laughs> that was good. That was Unless good. you do a double hit and it's like a ricochet. You get yeah. Two for one. Yeah. It can happen. Those are sweet. Those are double points. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> those, are, those are sweet. Makes me feel powerful and manly. My dick got two inches longer. <laughs> God. <laughs> We get it. You have a small dick. <laughs> we get it. That's what you want. Bigger guns equal, you know. Yeah. That's not true. Small Some people. I think it's great that there are families. Mm -hmm. Not great's not the word, but I think it's totally fine and traditional in this country and so many others around the world. Mm -hmm. There are families who hunt. And, and it's a family thing. It's a sport. You, I mean. You go out there and you teach your son, daughter, whoever, how to kill live game. Mm -hmm. And then you harvest that animal and you use its meat, and you honor its body, and right. you do all this ritualistic stuff right. that reconnects you with the earth and the circle of life. Right. Cool. No one's Kill trying it. to take away rifles. Nope. No one's trying to take away handguns that you... I'm not a woman who fears for her safety walking around in the streets. So if you need a handgun to make you feel secure against someone... Do it. You do that. We got laws for that. And we got a second amendment that says if the government ever mounts up and tries to come against you... 
in some kind of coup d'etat, right. then you can take your guns out against the soldiers of the U.S. Army if you want to. That's what the Second Amendment... Can we actually do that to dethrone 45 at this moment? He's got a bigger army. He's trying to organize a military parade for his damn self. <sighs> just turn the tanks down Pennsylvania Avenue and just make his way through the U.S. on Highway 70. Jesus. So, either way, but the whole idea is, this idea of people thinking that the U.S. government is coming for their guns, Obama's gun legislation... Was the kindest legislation to guns. The most understanding of our hunters and people who fear uh, and need self-protection. But it, but when you look at a person who owns guns, and often are the people we're talking about, are, are, mm-hmm. are typically people who are white. I haven't seen a lot of people of color talking about it as much. Not saying that it doesn't exist in the people of color world. I'm just thinking of something Bill, Bill O'Reilly said. Go ahead. Um, what did he say? Uh, he was telling a black person on his show, mm-hmm. his former show, mm-hmm. um, what black people need to do to stop black gang violence and gun violence in their communities because it's the problem is black people. Sure. And he said, no, it's like a, a gun control problem and like a mental health problem within communities and you know, this is Bill not, O'Reilly saying no. The uh, the black yeah, yeah. Uh, person okay. is saying like black people don't have a problem. It's a gun problem, mm-hmm. and he's saying no, it's not a gun problem. He's like, well, you know what? If it's if the issue is like illegal guns and like getting their hands on illegal guns, right. well, we'll just have all the black people then register their guns, and we'll actually register as members of the NRA. And so we'll all be National Rifle Association certified. And so every black man in America will carry weapons. And you want that, Bill? It'll be fine. And Bill said, now, now, let's not get crazy. Wow. You can go, mm. Okay, I'm yeah. not going to say kind things. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Because right. my mama told me if you have nothing nice to say, don't say You can look that clip up. I'm it's good. pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to... Check that out. Because if I check that out, I will have a visceral reaction. Woo. It's not cute. But if you, you know, if you look at, you know, at the time when uh, President Obama brought that legislation forward, you had uh, a, a reaction of people who feel like their guns were being, uh, were being threatened, right? Like the ownership of their guns were being threatened and they were hearing it from a black man. Mm-hmm, so thinking mm-hmm. about like the racial intersectionality of like this president who was a black man who should be a slave who I don't even think was born here. Who's probably a Muslim. Who's probably a Muslim because his middle name is Hussein. Right. Not Hussein. Yes, it is. Yes, Hussein. Um, so at this end, he's not American anyway because he wasn't born here. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what 45 said, but pre-45. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to listen to you, regardless of how common sense that legislation was and how, I mean, there, he was getting criticism that it wasn't as stringent as it could have been. It wasn't. It wasn't even, but it was something. It was something. It was better than, no, than nothing that we had. And we have other countries who had this same <clears throat> issue, like Australia, who got like common sense gun control laws, and now they don't have an issue. So like, why are we stupid? Why is like this country? I know that I know that this country is young. Mm-hmm. Like we are a younger country mm-hmm. compared to others, mm-hmm. and we are acting like stupid teenagers who think we know better than the other adults around us. I was in India. <laughs> Speaking of adult countries, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been around for thousands of yep. years. Just a, just a little bit. India. Um, I was visiting friends in Mumbai one time, and these guys I was staying with. One of them had the paper in the morning. Uh-huh. And he 
opened it up and he's reading about the shooting that took place at a theater in Denver. Yep. It was in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he's reading this and he says, man, how come whenever I read, what is it with you, your country and all these guns? Mm-hmm. He said, why do I always read about people in America and guns? And why in these shootings do I... I thought this was really interesting. He said, why is it always these crazy white guys who shoot up everything? Why is everyone else and able to see that? See and, that? and he said, I never see any black guys do any of this stuff. And it's always crazy ass white guys. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to... I mean, as you said, the rest of the world can see it. We have men who feel empowered by destruction with guns. Mm-hmm. And it's amplified in our movies, our entertainment, yeah. our cinema, cinema. It's part of our culture. Right. But it goes to a root that is so much more at the base of this, and it has to do with masculinity. Oh, yeah. It has to do with the idea that men struggle with the idea of manliness. They don't know how to define it. Mm. They don't know what to prop their um, self-worth on. Yeah. And so they buttress their worth with firearms and weapons. Right. Because that seems to speak to a visual language Mm -hmm. in our entertainment that speaks power, pride, respect. And it's not even with firearms or either. Like, it's the way they treat other people too, right? Like, I'm going to treat women. If I think they're hot, I'm going to just say it. I'm going to grab their ass. I'm going to do... Like, it's not, the masculinity issue is not obviously just in, like, mm-hmm. being portrayed in the way that you're saying it with guns and weapons, but it's being portrayed in our country in a very toxic way. It's Grand Theft Auto. It totally is. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not saying Grand Theft Auto is the root cause of anything. I'm just saying it's the kind of, um, Grand Theft Auto is kind of like a zeitgeist for what is happening right now. Yeah. It is... Describing a time when toxic masculinity reaps its uh, terror on people physically through guns, yeah. firearms, terror, and women through sexism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Any sort of ism, like point, heteronormativity, the xenophobia. Whitewashing yeah. stuff. It's just it's like all of those this idea of, I love, it goes back to that, uh, we're jumping all over the place, but I'm just basically thinking of things like Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, these people who watch Fox News and see a white America that's that resonates with a pastime. Mm-hmm. So the make, just when Megyn Kelly said, we're going to talk about Santa Claus and this idea that there's a black Santa Claus. Don't worry, kids. He's still white. Still white. It's and like, then what? everyone said, Megan, do you really think Santa, Santa Claus, Claus is, is real? real? And yeah, Megan no. said, everyone knows I was just like joking. No, like, no it's not girlfriend. Joking. You have, you've completely. In the same way, Jesus was not white and did not speak English. He did not speak English. And he was Middle Eastern. brown. Brown as hell. Yeah. He was Jewish, actually. He did not. And he people, hung out with prostitutes. People think Jesus spoke English. I think that's you, the funniest thing ever. You dumb. Jesus. You dumb. You dumb. We, that's you. a story for another day. Another day, another time. Either but way. Like, in the same but this way, Fox, like, it's like a, a whiteness that this, you're so scared that it would be. Fox News bubble of things were, <coughs> were very much a perfect kind of America. And so you think about someone like uh, 45 who came along on his campaign with mm-hmm. a slogan 
make America great again. Because it wasn't great right now. How did you... So in an Obama America, things were not perfect. There were hurdles that had to be overcome. When you kind of inherit trillions of dollars of crushing national debt and two wars Mm -hmm. started by your predecessor. Right. Um, you kind of got a lot of stuff to fix. Right. But he did a damn good job with what he had in the stimulus package to try and recover a lot of things that yeah. were being lost. That said, it, oh yeah, and the, the housing bubble, how can I forget, like the reset, yeah. right. 2008 Recession. was terrible. But he had he to, he came garbage. in on that. Yeah. He's like, well, got a lot of work to do. And he hustled his ass off into a pretty good position by the time it was over and set us up in a good economic right. uh, place. This guy comes in with a slogan of, yeah, things have sure been terrible, right? Let's make America great again. How do you get that many white people on board? Very simply. The guy before you had to be a person of color. Mm-hmm. You had p- pendulum shift. Pendulum like, shift. Like a cor- overcorrection. And when you say make America great again, what again are you talking about? Yeah, because when you again. say that to white people, some white people are thinking, based on their age, well, you like the 80s when mm-hmm. Reagan was here. Or the 70s, when they had Nixon. Mm -hmm. Or the 60s, depending on how your family was set up. Or the 50s, Mm -hmm. Cary Grant and movies. You can pick whatever decade you want. That slogan is so broad that you just just netted all these white, alienated people who, when they look at the presidency, didn't see themselves anymore. And that made them feel scared. That made them feel real Literally, this is what... I feel all the time when I see all a white person. All the goddamn time. And, and, I'm, and I was, I'm not trying to be like facetious here and being like hyperbolic in any mm. any sense of the word. I'm very conscious of wh- and when I'm entering an all-white space. And half, which is all yeah. the time. Right. And white people thought you just enjoyed walking to all-white spaces because why wouldn't you? We're all very welcoming. We're all very nice. No mm. one's racist here. Can I touch your hair? Oh, I love your Someone skin. Someone touched my hair today. That's a different story. No I'll talk more. about that later. God. It's a personal story, but not to, I, on another day. This should not happen to you. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, friend. This, so, uh, But this idea that people will come into this white space because that's the normal space. That's the right space. That's right. the comfortable space. That's the American space. Yeah. It's patriotic. When in actuality, when you felt this amount of privilege... For so long. And for eight years, you felt a little less. You For eight years, someone asked you to, hey, that privilege that you felt like was always yours because it was just, you know, given to you, mm-hmm. that's actually not something everyone experiences. Yeah. So check yourself. That's because they still it, had the privilege. They still had the privilege, but people felt like they were being oppressed yep. because that's what equality kind of felt like. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, no. A black man like can't this. be president. Absolutely. He must have cheated his way here. Can I tell he, folks something? The, the, uh, uh, I just gave a presentation on housing and education discrimination mm-hmm. again. And I read, every time I read more and more about the U.S. government's use of the GI Bill. Oh, yeah. And the housing discrimination that mm-hmm. took place on black Because everyone talks people. about how great the GI Bill is. God. And, and they don't talk about how discriminatory it was. $207 million went into the post-World War II GI Bill. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money in today's money. $207 million back then was a ton. Less than 2% of that went to, the, went to black yeah. people. Yep. Less than but 2%. But no one talks about that. When you talk about the GI Bill, 
in school if you if you learn about it. You probably don't, but yeah. But if you learn about it, it's very whitewashed. It's, you know, it was something that was so good and it helped the economy and all these different things. It helped the white people. Of and the what f- black people? <clears throat> Which ones? Of the first 100... And, so the GI Bill, if you're not familiar, was given out by the U.S. government post-World War II to all the good uh, uh, servicemen, mm-hmm. some women, mostly men, who came back after World War II, and they were given... Uh, business loans, mm. uh, low interest. Uh, what was it? Oh, low interest. Oh, scholarships to education, college, mm-hmm. uh, trade schools, high schools, low interest home loans, things like mortgages, things like this to get their lives back on track right. from coming back. And those they just serve their country. They made a huge sacrifice. And it's those, a kind thing to do. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we had like. Was a hundred no five hundred thousand, a hundred twenty five thousand. I'll just be safe on a low number. One hundred twenty five thousand black men serve in World War Two, who were pretty much systemically denied access to the GI Bill when they returned. So of the yep. first one hundred sixty seven mortgages that were given out at, from the GI Bill, one hundred sixty seven thousand. Less than 99 of those went to black people. That's wild. I'm not leaving off zeros. 99. Yep. And from there, trickle down of economics, inheritance, wealth given to white families decade after decade after decade to roll into IRAs and life insurance policies and estate and property. And that's all all things that you can give to generations upon generations of your people. That's wealth that builds on wealth. Yep. And you get you didn't give that to folks of color. And black people didn't get near a dime. And I read a statistic that if you were born between nineteen eighty five mm-hmm. and nineteen or in two thousand, <clears throat> for those people who were born in that time, about sixty percent of black people were born mm-hmm. into low or sorry from from medium to high levels of poverty wow medium to low yeah 60% if you're white it was about 6% <gasps> and the number is the number is worse if you go back to the previous generation yeah, I'm right good. I'm so good. i won't I even go up. into it but either way the whole thing is just to show White America has been given a lot for a long time, and that's not my opinion. It's that's facts. That's a fact. It's a fact. And the idea that... And you as half a white person are allowed to say that. And I can say that because... Because you're half white. Having, <laughs> having a white parent mm-hmm. did a lot for my success. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I realize that more now. Mm-hmm. As I'm older, mm-hmm. when I look around the political landscape mm-hmm. and what America has become and what it is... It made a huge difference in my life. Absolutely. This is and, this and is the just the privileges that you've gotten, and yeah. But also being having a black parent and being black yourself mm-hmm. is also a, another aspect of who your your identity and navigating things as well. And One that I'm proud of. Absolutely, should be proud of. But but it, it doesn't mean it doesn't come with its challenge without its challenges. Absolutely. And so I mean, all of this to say, white America. Yes, I'm talking to you, white America. You suck. Do better. Babies be dying. What the hell's wrong with you?
I don't know. I honestly don't know what else to say other than I'm really appreciative of like the facts that you spewed because I think it's important because not everybody's gonna like talk about these things the way that you have or the or even take a second to research that what the GI Bill is or take a second to be like, oh man, privilege. Like being privileged is not a bad thing. It's good. Now use your privilege for good. If you have power and privilege, do something about it. Don't sit here and mope around like a piece of garbage. That being said, do you want to talk about some basketball so we can be more happy than this garbage that we've been talking about? I, I, I just hit a wall where I lost all my gas. <laughs> it's just like all the gas. Just, I also need to I have pee. no more words. Like, I got no more words. Sucks. I just can't. But you know what? Basketball may make us feel a little bit better. Yeah, just do the thing where you play the music. And <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll play the music and do things and talk about some ball. So we talked about some heavy stuff, but we are going to somehow maneuver into talking about basketball. Because we have some good basketball things to talk about. Yeah, shooting in a better sense. Right. You know what? Look at that transition. Yeah. Alex, hey, you, you are the real, hey. I am proud of you, but we were like struggling with like, man, we're still upset about this conversation we just had, Yeah, but no, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to shoot at some other stuff here. We're gonna the, baskets. At, we're, the baskets. The baskets. And the ball. Yeah. Speaking of the ball. Oh God. About the ball family. Jesus. Let's start there. My God. Because <laughs> at least can I, we? Can we talk about this ball family? You, you. All right, so some, let I, me just say some things as as, a, as yeah. the woman who knows about basketball, because mm-hmm. I feel like... And you know of, more about music. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> I guess. So um, the Ball family made uh, the news this past week. Uh, Lonzo Ball, the oldest, the Laker, um, came out with a mixtape of 17 tracks. Um, I listened to, like barely a song and a half mm-hmm. and i listened to a couple of like snippets of other things and i'm like it's fine if you like a good rhythm that repeats itself <laughs> um and like a steady like maybe a little bit of a hook here and there it's fine i guess mixtapes don't have to have hooks it doesn't i mean whatever it's it's not brain science he has an homage to his dad which is the first first mm-hmm. track mm-hmm. and it goes on it has clips of like his dad saying his, you know, LeVar Ball-esque things about him right. making it to the Lakers and things like that and about his brothers. Very brand-oriented, lots of big baller stuff involved. Um, it's self-promoting as whatever, it's fine. Do do you. I didn't really like it. I mean, you listened to some of it. I mean, you were bopping a little bit. There was I mean, some it's, stuff it's, you it's could, too bop, too. There were some things you could catch. Uh, but it's not fire. Some of these people are like, it's amazing. And other people are like, this garbage. I mean, the bar was probably set pretty low. From the start, I mean, we think. I didn't think Lonzo, it was gonna be anything. No, yeah, I was like, Alonzo made a mixtape. I mean, this, it's not bad, so it is. It is exceeding expectations. Exactly, it's way. not <laughs> bad. It's actually yeah. he's got some flow, uh, and he has a good um, a cadence. T- cadence and timbre. Uh, timbre. Yeah. Not timber. 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 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because timber know. is. You know, Chopping down a wood. So, I mean, it's not great. I mean, listen to it. I believe it's on Spotify. So, if you want to listen to it, you can. There you go. What's his name on Spotify? I think it's Zoe. Zoe 2. Zoe 2. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, I thought it was, from what I heard, not bad. I'm not. Or it's just Zoe. I'm sorry. Just Zoe. Just Zoe. Yeah. I'm still a Dame Dollar fan, personally. 100% agree with you. 
But uh, uh, I love Shaq's uh, rap career and Kobe's rap career. Oh yeah, I forgot Kobe had a rap. He career. had a rap career. It was cute. Man, it was cute. Kobe, <laughs> you still spin bars, Kobe? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lonzo did an album. I mean, whatever. It's a it's a mixtape. Do you? It's great to have um, other outlets. If you ever wondered how much of the Ball family hype is just Lavar and his sons are kind of dragged along for the show. He talks they about it all, in the in the in the, t- in the song too. They all buy it. Oh yeah. Everybody is a hundred percent. Everyone's on board with the brand. Right. There is no there there are no atheists in foxholes. This band of brothers and a dad mm-hmm. are a hundred percent. I don't. I would love to do an interview with the mom and say, "What do you think of all this?" Can I tell you something? Huh. I was watching Real Sports with Brian Gumble. He's still doing that show. Hell yeah, on HBO. Yeah, I, mean, I used to watch it all the time. Okay. So um, they were interviewing a dad who has um, two sons in um, college football mm-hmm. and another son in high school football, and they are on their way to being like the Ball family in that he wants all of them to play in the NFL and all these yeah. different things. Um, and he mentioned how he married his wife. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that he could make he could breed strong athletes out of them. His name is something brown, mm-hmm. and his son's name is like whatever their name. Their names are like very like regal, like beautiful names. Saint Brown as their because he's like I yeah. I named them Saint Brown because it would look better on their jerseys. I knew it would look better on their jerseys. Uh, Saint Brown. Yeah, S T Brown. Oh. <laughs> so that's a thing, I guess. Um, and then apparently in this in this segment of that this interview was being happening, they were comparing this family to the Ball family because they're very similar and like they want their mm-hmm, sons mm-hmm. to these three, you know, very strong looking sons to be successful in their whatever. And apparently Lonzo not Lonzo, Lavar said that he married his wife and wanted children with his wife. Because he knew that it would make athletic, like she was tall and was attractive for muscularness and all these. A little other bit things. of eugenics, a little bit of little, little bit, of, and I was just a like little genetic I, engineering. I did not feel great about that. I just felt kind of no, well, genetic engineering. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, Why? it's not weird, right? Why? Like, well, I'm attracted to like guys that look a certain way because yeah. you know, like I want if I were to have children to like mm-hmm. them be healthy and strong and beautiful and all those yeah. wonderful things. Um, so I get that, but it was just like. The way that it was said by this man, by this father, it just seemed very... Um, Calculating? Just, yeah. It didn't feel genuine. Like, didn't you love her? Like, like, or was was she just mm-hmm. a body that was going to... Provide you offspring. Provide you offspring. Lucrative dream, offspring. Like, dreaming about this before even they were a part of your existence. So it just kind of takes a little bit of the romance out of it for you. Yeah. And, you know, I love love. Yeah, but, you know, if she wanted some kids who were also like, I want some strong kids no, who were also... No, she, she was like, I didn't like this. Like, after she had, she's like, I didn't love... She wanted to change their... Because their names are really long. Uh-huh. And, like, regal and, like, just strong names. She's like, I don't know why he did that. Like, you I named no him choice. Thoroughbred. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Uh, but speaking of the Ball family, love... LaVar, the dad, mm-hmm. said that Lonzo would not come back to the Lakers unless Leangelo and LaMelo were picked up by the Lakers. And he will only go to another, like, a sport. Like, if, they, if, that, if that doesn't happen, they're going to go to another team that will have the, all three of them. What is he doing? Does he want to save money on airfare? That's why he wants <laughs> to have all of them in one team? 
It's you a, get more a, travel points if you just exactly. What's I? What's your end game, sir? Mm. I don't understand. That's too many games for me to go <laughs> to in one night. I can only be a one because he wants to be the showman. I think he he's like a more. He's obnoxious. a Barnum and Bailey. Oh my god, he's a ringmaster. Yes. Oh god. Anyway, so that's the Ball family. It is I don't. It is. I don't. It's a non sequitur. It's not even worth talking about. No, it's just. It is, it's, it's LeVar being LeVar. As LeVar worlds turn, uh, <laughs> as, as the LeVar ball world turns, and his it's just another is day. not flat. His w- world is not flat, unlike, uh, our, we just watched a clip of our friend Kyrie. Yep. On the Jimmy Kimmel show recently. Yes. Really, he's so lovely. He's, he's so, so... He's so lovely. Listen. You know what? The, I, I also love Rent. It's one of the first musicals I watched in 525,600 minutes. Thank you, Kyrie, for correcting <laughs> Just Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. They asked Kyrie, because some of the other guys they asked on the all-star team, what kind of music do you listen to mm-hmm. <laughs> in high school or whatever yeah. to get amped up? They asked Kyrie. He said musicals. <laughs> Rent is He's his so favorite. He's so smart. <laughs> He's so intellectual. He's got a friend's tattoo yeah. on him, because one, he loves the show, but two, he has three two friends who that he got the same all have the same tattoo. Yeah. yeah, he also has like... The Samsara yeah, hand. Yeah, we've talked about that and before. And he has like hands, this yeah. monkey tattoo that's very done in He's very Eastern. intellectually He's smart. He's intellectually smart. So Jimmy Kimmel asked him, I have to ask you, Kyrie. Everyone has. Everyone has asked a million times this theory that people think you believe the earth is flat because, because of a podcast because of a you podcast did. podcast you did. Mm-hmm. And he was having an intellectual moment where he was like feeling a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need to like say this. And then there was a reaction. He didn't deny. He did not deny it. But he didn't necessarily agree either. He just acknowledged he that acknowledged he... He acknowledged that he said it. He acknowledged that he did say that and that he got a big reaction from people. And that's all he said. That, and that's... It goes back again. I just need... He's so smart. Just be just be smart. Buddy. All I know is the Celtics backcourt is my favorite tandem in the entire league. I love it. Between him and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is one of my favorite players to watch. I'm not gonna lie. He's actually good. Yeah, no, that's what, like not just the, just mm-hmm, his intellectualness, mm-hmm. but like just he's a mm-hmm. he's a fun he's a fun dude to watch. So I mean, and I love that Jimmy Kimmel gave him a green basketball because it is NBA All Star well, Weekend. A a globe basketball. A globe basketball. It was yeah. it was blue and green and it had the country and the countries. continents on it. Yeah. Oh. So um, it's All Star Weekend in LA, so that's like a thing that's happening. So the players are having a good time, chilling, hanging out. He did say he does talk to LeBron, and he doesn't think he was number one pick for LeBron, but that mm. still made a good choice. Yeah. So hey, yeah. I'm not mad about that. Very good. Um, speaking of LeBron, <coughs> you want to talk about the Cavs? Yeah, I do. They're looking good. This, who are these Cavs? Hello. Who are these Cavaliers? Hello. I haven't seen these Cavaliers. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Allow uh, me to reintroduce myself. Uh, My name uh, is oh. No, I'm ready to see. Yeah. <laughs> A to the BS. <laughs> A to the, okay, yes, that was not bad. That was not bad. CA to the VS. I like that. I tried. He, uh, I, got, I, got, I got bars. That name no, is, I don't. Nah, <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Reintroduce myself. My name is Bron. Because we didn't see him. Yep. We haven't seen LeBron like LeBron in a long time. And so the man is smiling. He's got. He's happy. He's getting W's again. He's like, look at this young team that I'm gonna, <sighs> I'm gonna do good things with. 
He's not having to. So they're winning games and not by a little bit. They're winning by like eight points, 20 points, yep. whatever. Ever since they brought in Clarkson and Hood. It's good, good match. Hill and Nance. Mm-hmm. These four guys provide a little bit of youth, a little more spring in their step. Yep. A little more also, defense. They get to play with one of the greatest players of all time. One of, not the, one of the greatest yeah, players of yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I appreciate someone said this earlier, I forget who, but he has now the players he needs to go forward, mm. maybe even into the future beyond this year, because their bodies won't break down so soon. Yeah. He can get more titles with this group. Potentially. And they kind of save themselves from mediocre careers because they get to play alongside one of the greats. Right. You're getting TV time now. You're no longer in Utah, in Sacramento. Right. The LA squad, that was fine, but... You guys were young. Like Lonzo's LeVar was taking most of your shine anyway. Yeah, (laughs) so you get to play alongside this guy. They're looking really good. They're looking. Some people are picking them to win the championship. I think that's a little too, that's premature. But I think they come out of the. I thought it was going to be the Rockets, Cavs, and Cavs taking it. I think, I hope that's what it is. Oh, that would be. I hope it's not the Warriors. I seriously hope it's the Rockets. Uh, Well, we'll see. They still have the best. record right now right yeah so but that's to be expected but the Cavs look good they look happy that trick honestly it was it was Isaiah oh yeah Isaiah was a problem Isaiah was the problem yeah we know that he got bad juju you know that when he get did you see do you see Isaiah playing against the Pelicans the other night no he got ejected him and Rondo got ejected stop it were yeah. they fighting with each other yeah they were oh my god how but not physical this? it was just them bumping just, bodies yeah but it was it was Rondo of course. Instigating the whole thing? Absolutely. And Are we surprised It was that, that situation where it's like, I'm just I'm just playing defense. I'm bumping it with my chest. My arms are up. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? What? I love, was, I love the troll of Rondo. I really, truly the hell do. Out of him. But it was because... <laughs> what? Because of that whole tiff with Isaiah Thomas expecting a tribute video in Boston and it being the night of Paul Pierce's jersey, jersey retiring. Yeah. And Paul Pierce... Did not appreciate that. Yeah. And so Rondo was out there giving him grief. Yeah. Trying to like, get him ejected. What did you do? You were here for like a minute? Yeah. Was it him that said that or was it? Was no. it Paul? I think it was maybe Paul Pierce that said like, no. you've been here for like a second. I've been here. I, you see these? You, you see, see some of these in the rafters? Yeah. You see that? Yeah. That was me. Well, you see one of these. Well, that. Yeah, I one. think we should that's humble. That's right. He should humble it, himself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just, forgot you, about you that. You had a lot of bad years. <laughs> Several. <laughs> if Kevin... Garnett is really to be thankful <laughs> you know, for right. that. You're right. You're but right. But whatever. Either way, but these uh, these Cavaliers do look good. And I read an article about how that came to pass okay. with those trades down the wire. Kobe Altman was out there slinging those phones, just calling people. Kobe who? Kobe Altman, the okay. president of basketball alter, uh, operations. I, for, I thought you said Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. I was just like, why the hell was he part of this conversation? Like, Someone called for Mamba time. <laughs> Ring, ring. Uh, no, Kobe was calling all over. Utah was willing. So this article lays out the play-by-play of mm-hmm. what was happening before those trades went down in right. order for that to occur. Yeah. Kobe Altman looks at the writing on the wall, says, we are doomed. If I don't do anything... LeBron's gone. LeBron's gone, and we are left destitute. Right. With a we massive a salary cap. Anymore. Yeah. So he calls Utah... Gets Utah on board to get Rodney Hood, and then we're gonna send you some players. Wow. And then 
He's trying to dump salaries also. Right. And avoid spending money on Isaiah. So he's talking to the Clippers. They are so close to getting DeAndre Jordan. <gasps> they are so close to getting DeAndre. What? They will give up some players uh, like uh, Thompson and Shumpert to get right, DeAndre heard, Jordan. Yes, I heard about that. Yes. They wanted more, couldn't get it. It was it was going to be tough for them to pull off. Right. Sacramento's working on it, and they're helping out also, taking some salary cap right. and a player. Almost about to go down to get DeAndre Jordan, make this whole thing work out and all that. Sacramento was like, okay, great. Sounds good. So like we agreed upon, we'll take this guy, and we'll give you this guy and this guy. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cleveland, it was some white player's name from like Eastern Europe who was kind of a bust, picked 13th okay. overall, and he wasn't really panning out, and Sacramento was trying to throw him in the mix to send to Cleveland. Like, it was, Vladi Divac is over there running mm-hmm. that show. Right. And he's like, <laughs> right, so here's this guy. Like, we never, t-. Kobe Altman goes, we never, t- Vlade, <laughs> didn't nobody say his name. <laughs> when did this ever come up? And Vlade's like, no, we talked about it. Vlade. Do not, and it told this to the Utah guy, and the Utah guy is like beside himself. Vlade, this was never mentioned in conversation with anyone. And so ultimately, that kind of threw a wrench in things. Right. But the Clippers didn't give enough to make this happen. But the LA Lakers came into the picture and said, oh, we could do some things. And so Kobe was about to make all this happen, calls Miami. Miami, you down with a. Uh, Dwayne, we need to dump a little bit off here. Right. He also would you wants like to retire to, in like 29 games, so would, just give it to him. Would you like to have him <laughs> back? And Paul, uh, Pat Riley and his constituents gladly say, we'd be more than happy to accept Dwayne here. And they Did say, something okay, right. there you go. Um, Kobe Altman sits down and calls LeBron in. He says, LeBron, I'm about to pull off some trades that are going to right the ship and I think do good things. However, none of it means anything if I don't see you, the LeBron I know, again. Mm. The one who plays hard, who shows effort, and gives 150% when he's on the court. Because the guy you've been playing with, uh, the guy you've been thus far recently, is apathetic and not happy and not leading these guys. So I can bring in anyone, but it's not going to matter if you're not you. Yeah. And so LeBron's like... Got it. All right. Maybe a kick in the butt kind of conversation at work, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate those of like, I know you could do better, so mm-hmm. do better. So he pulled off the trades, and that happened, and LeBron said, all right, I'm going to play hard, and they're playing great. That's awesome. It seems to work. It seems to work, so thank God for that. Um, and I guess to end it off, um, yes, to end it off, um, talking about our two favorite coaches, Pop and Steve Kerr. Yeah. Pop recently was asked about like Black Lives uh, I'm sorry the Black History Month mm-hmm. which is the shortest coldest month of the year yeah. um, a tribute to black folks uh, and black history yeah. and he very eloquently talked to some reporters again he doesn't talk much but when he does he has some things to say and I recommend you all looking at it and he mm-hmm. just basically said yeah it's important because in this country there are people who don't think it is mm-hmm. and you have these you know it's amazing. I, I think it's important that our black athletes feel like 
we are celebrating black history and all these yeah. different, like in a really lovely way. And I was just like, yes. Yeah, I saw that. I thought it was great that he acknowledged in a league that's primarily black. Yeah. That it's we should. very important. Yeah. We should not be not doing that. Take a note of that, the NFL. Um, yeah. Just saying. Um, and then Steve Kerr spoke about gun control and gun violence. What did he say? Um, I don't know exactly what he said. Let me see if I can find it. But it was... He came around. He was like, I used to be anti-guns, <laughs> but now I've thought about it more. Guns are cool. <laughs> and in light of what we talked about, um, he puts uh, the gun control on blast in the midst of Florida school shooting. And basically he's like, it's disgusting. Uh, I don't know. What the hell? Allow ads. Oh my gosh, I my ad blocker is... What's your ad blocker doing? I don't know, it's just being stupid right now. Did you, did you let go of your ad blocker? Yeah, I think that's what happened. Oh no. He says, um, it seems that it doesn't matter to our government that children are being shot to death day after day in schools. Um, we can do something about it. We can vote people in who actually have the courage to protect people's lives. Oh, calling out there. Yeah. So it was, a, again, very similar situation to... <clears throat> Popovich, where he was, you know, on his way to the locker room or way out of the locker room situation and was like, let me, you ask me for my thoughts. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. This is disgusting. We have the power to do something about it. Jeez. And just speaking to exact everything that we spent the past hour and a half talking about, I just thought he said that really well and very, um, and you know, his father was shot and killed in 1984 when he was a freshman in Arizona. Correct. I mean... He was assassinated. Yes. Yeah. But, like, a gun did that. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, a gun and a person did that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And um, while nothing has been done, it doesn't seem to matter to our government that all these, you know, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter that people are being shot at a concert, at a movie theater. It's, it's not enough, apparently, to move our leadership, our government... Um, people who are running the country to actually do anything, that's demoralizing. It's so bad. But we can do something about it. We can vote in those, all those things that he says, um, lives, and not just bow down to the NRA because they finance their campaign for them. So hopefully we'll find enough people, first of all, to vote good people in, and hopefully we can find enough people with courage to actually help our citizens remain safe and focus on the real safety issues, not building some stupid wall for billions of dollars that has nothing to do with our safety, but actually protecting us from the true the, what is truly dangerous, mm. which is which is Mannix and semi-automatic weapons just slaughtering our children. It's disgusting. Mm. So uh, thank you, mm. uh, Steve Kerr, for... Um, Damn. Making me continue to have a crush on you. Jeez, seriously. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate, again, as always, these two coaches for using their platform to be like, what the hell? What the hell? Do something. God or damn. what the hell? Wake up. Appreciate black folks who have been entertaining you, who have made, you think, made things cool for you, all those other stuff. Speaking of just black things, um, I believe... Um, Black Panther is breaking history already. Like it broke Thursday's like being like the second most watched thing on like premiere day. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so that I can't even imagine what this weekend's gonna be. It's like, gonna be nuts. -o. It's gonna be nuts because I wanna watch it. But yeah, is That's there anything other basketball stuff you wanna yeah. chat about? You mentioned Steve Kerr and it got me thinking. Do you have thoughts about his? Uh, coaching methods lately? Oh, specifically how he likes to um, have his um, players coach 
a team? Yeah. So here's my thoughts. Professional development is really important. <laughs> you look so professional. You just sat up so straight and your hands became very structured. You're like, yeah, let me, let's just talk about like this. We called into a meeting here. Okay. Let's call into this meeting. They were playing, um, if I'm not mistaken, the Phoenix Suns yeah. and crushing it. Yeah. As the Warriors do, but specifically against the Phoenix Suns, who are not doing great anyway. Right. Um, and they were, I think they were leading by double digit points, several double digit points. Yeah, it was about 40. Yeah, it was like kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? This is my opportunity. And we talk about this a lot. I want these players to be able to do things after they're not no longer players, mm -hmm. right? Maybe be an assistant coach. Maybe be a coach. Maybe do some things for the community. Let me teach you. Let me help you out a coach. So he gave his board. His clipboard, his like white clipboard, and mm -hmm. to where he runs plays and stuff, to Andre Godala and was like, make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? You're professionally developing Andre, who probably has maybe a couple more seasons left in him, mm -hmm. to be potentially a really great coach. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So, great job. And uh, <laughs> Coach Lou of the Cavaliers was asked, like, would he ever do that? He's like, are you kidding? Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, that's funny. Are you kidding me? Everyone already thinks LeBron coaches this team. Yes. <laughs> Yes, let's and call so, it out. And I was just, he's like, I'm not going to do that. Some people thought it was disrespectful, but I was also like, disrespectful. Because, oh, yeah. oh, Kerr, not Lou. what Kerr was, no, what yeah, Kerr yeah, did yeah, was yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. But I look at it as just like, look, let's professionally develop these folks to have different skill sets, and they're being professionally developed, and I think that's great. I do things for those I supervise. I'm like, hey, you want to learn what I'm doing? Let me teach you. Okay, now you could do it the next time. So. Uh. Do you have feelings about it? I I see where people are feeling like it was disrespectful. Sure. Uh, if I'm to put it on one side of the ticker or another, I would say <clears throat> it's more disrespectful than anything. But maybe the sun should have a better rebuilding plan. Because they've been bad for a long time. Yeah. So Steve you deserve Nash whatever was like you get. The last time that yeah. they were even sort of good. <clears throat> Man, they they're awful. Garbage. So like, so do it. Yeah. That's fine. Do I you? Don't care. Do you, Steve? And, yeah. And everybody else. I thought it was well. kind of funny. That was cool. I thought it was funny, and um, for those who give gave him crap about it, I'm like, get over yourself. Yeah, it's it's not that serious. It's entertainment. It's we're talking about basketball here. Come on now. We're talking about basketball. It's awesome. It's good times. You talking about practice? Come on. Come on. All right. Do you want to talk about some dope people? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. All right, let's get this ball rolling to talk about some dope people. Alex, sir, you are first. All right. Who's, who's your dope person? Well, since we were talking about... About. Players, about, <laughs> about, uh, players, <laughs> players, coaching. Mm -hmm. I thought about, and it's Black History Month. <clears throat> I wanted to reflect yeah. on great black coaches. Ooh. And so I thought I would start with the first. Mm. So my dope person this week is Mr. Bill Russell. Is his first name William? It is William. Nice. Yes. Well, actually, I love a William. That actually, calls my bill. I assume it's William. Yeah, birth name William Felton Russell. Ooh, Felton. Ooh, ooh, we should have. I like Felton. Ooh, Felton Russell. Mm. Felton Russell. Ooh, Bill is so down to earth, but like Felton. Ooh, all right. I'm a. 
clutching my pearls here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, William Felton Russell was born February 12, 1934 in a long time ago. Monroe, Louisiana. Down there in the bayou. Uh, the accent was necessary? I like the Creole accent. <laughs> Okay. I read a book by John uh, Kennedy Toole. It's mm-hmm. a really good book called mm-hmm. Confederacy of Dunces. Yeah. You should check it out. But it's better to listen to the audio book because... Oh, of course. The, oh, the, oh, my God. The molasses of, the, of, yeah. the, of their accent. Oh, anyway, That's back to Bill Russell. Sensuous. <laughs> um, to uh, Mr. Charles and Katie Russell. Uh, and he has children. Rose, Karen, William Jr., a.k.a. Buddha, and Jacob. Buddha? Buddha. Well, Buddha. Um, and he received his education at the University of San Francisco, where he received his BA in 1956. Don't know what for. Don't uh, but he completed four years of school. That's awesome. That was great. Six foot nine center, known for his defense and ability to block shots. Won 11 NBA championships in his 13 years. 11 championships in 13 years Oof. with the Boston Celtics. I won't even go into the years. It doesn't even matter. It's easier to just name the years that he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Five-time NBA Most Valuable Player. Nice. 12-time NBA All-Star. And an All-Star MVP in 1963. Served as a color commentator for televised basketball games in between his coaching jobs. Uh, and, uh, oh, his older brother was a playwright. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so he led the San Francisco Dons to back-to-back NCAA basketball championships and was undefeated in, uh, to his undefeated season in 1956. Mm. Pretty cool. Uh, selected second overall in the NBA in 1956 in the draft by the St. Louis Hawks. Mm. My team. Oh, and then we traded cute. him to the Celtics. I was like, hmm. Wow. <laughs> And that's why, who are the St. Louis Hawks? Exactly. Yes, no one knows. We made some poor choices. <laughs> captain. St. <of> Louis <laughs> usually does. In November of 1956, he was captain of the U.S. men's basketball team that wins gold in the Melbourne Olympics. Uh, 1956 through 69, he was the center for the Boston Celtics. So about a 13-year run, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, from 66 to 69, though, the final three years, he served as the player-slash-coach of the Boston Celtics, making him the first African-American head coach in the NBA. Oh, wow. 1966, that was the first African-American head coach. 1973 through 77, he was the head coach and general manager of the Seattle Supersonics. Nice. In 1975, Russell was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. And in November 1987 through 88, he was the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of cool things about him, but I think the most notable is what happened with uh, 44 and him, right? Well, that was the more recent thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait. I also want to mention he was the, uh, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Obama in 2011. That's what I was talking about. 44. Oh, I thought you said 45. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's nothing with 45. I was like, what did he do with 45? <laughs> no, he Is that the picture where he flicked everybody off? No, but I love that picture of yeah. him. I personally want that framed in my office, but I feel like that could be not professional. Nah, people will get over it. <laughs> uh, receives the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011 from a good president. Uh, um, from the president. Still my president. Right. <laughs> Um, and then what I really appreciate, October 2011, he joined a lot of other athletes in mm-hmm. a class action lawsuit against um, NCAA and EA Sports in terms Ooh. of licensing for their images in basketball. 
and video games. And they said, you're using my likeness to sell video games. I want a cut. And so they won. So there was, well, not one, sorry. There was a $40 million settlement. They got money. They I'll take that. They That's good enough. Yeah. Um, when and something he got settles, a, it means that they got, the other person did something wrong. Yeah. You know you That's did something you shouldn't have done. 2013, a bronze statue was erected of him in the Boston City Hall Plaza. And uh, there's some other statues of him around. That's good. And overall, just a general awesome guy. So I think of Bill Russell as that guy who's within the canon of great players. And when people talk about who's on the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. He's up there. He's up there. He has to be up there. Eleven titles. Who has? Who else has eleven titles? In thirteen years, and the first. Who else has eleven titles? First player coach and African American coach. Again, who has eleven titles? He's in the Mount Rushmore. When we don't talk Where's about African American coach. When we don't talk about Bill Russell being in the top five basketball players of all time, there's something disrespectful about that. Oh, hundred percent. This disrespectful. And he's yeah. eighty-four years old. Yo, still kicking. That's impressive. So he may not be with us. All that much longer. Oh. Let's enjoy and appreciate him and appreciate the great history and contributions of one of the game's greatest athletes of all time. That's amazing, Bill Russell, my dope person. This Absolutely, week. deserve well deserved. And yeah, please continue to flick off anybody you want to, Bill. He doesn't give a damn anymore. He's the Quincy Jones of basketball. <laughs> Actually, can we have a sit down interview with him? It'll be so great to have. Y'all that. like Brazilian music? <laughs> Y'all like. Yeah, like Brazilian music. Oh my god, too much, too much. So that's my person. Who do you got? Um, so I have two people actually. Oh okay. Um, so my dope people, um, are the two dope queens. Mm. You know who the two dope queens are? Jessica and Phoebe. Yeah, Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson. For those of you who know, two dope queens is a podcast. Uh, we talked about two podcasts today: the Read and Oh, and This American Life and oh, yeah. Two Dope Queens. Um. It is a podcast that's produced by WNYC Studios. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it features, um, it's basically them, it's derived from their uh, show that they did in the Lower East Side called Hilaria's Diaries, I believe, or something something like that. I forgot what it was called. Oh, Bellaria Live. Bellaria Live. Um, It's basically them kind of bantering and then introducing like really interesting comics and really cool people in general. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so it's like their way of showcasing, showcasing comedians that are women, people of color, um, LGBTQ folks, because they don't always have a platform as comedians to talk about their life and comic mm-hmm. things. And, have, and so they, being very well versed in the comedy world in New York, have been doing this for a couple of years. And this podcast started in 2016. <coughs> What's that? Oh. Um, the podcast started in 2016 and within like <coughs> the first week it became number one in all the podcasts out there which is awesome <coughs> excuse me but one of the reasons why I picked them is because during the month of February they have an HBO special where they have four episodes that they, that they filmed um, here in the King's Theater um, in Brooklyn where they feature really cool people like uh, Jon Stewart, Sarah Jessica Parker, as well as these really amazing comedians from all walks of life, of all different colors, races, gender identity, sexuality, all those different things. And I think it's so cool that they're using this platform that, one, that HBO like listened to their podcast and was like, we should make this a series on HBO. Mm-hmm. 
So money. Mm -hmm. So these girls are getting paid. Mm -hmm. Good job, girls. Mm -hmm. um, these w women are doing awesome, this awesome job <coughs> doing that. And they are featuring, they're taking this opportunity. They could have just been about them, these four episodes, but they did it. They made it about their friends and other colleagues and other people of color doing really cool, amazing work. So mm -hmm. uh, they had Desi comedians, they had Asian comedians, they had black, white, LGBT, like everything. And it's so awesome. And they've only gone through, I think, two. I think the third one is coming up now. So they're doing one every week of uh, Black History Month. So nice. um, really, really proud of them considering Jessica Williams is uh, younger. I think she's in her mid to late 20s. Mm -hmm. um, Phoebe is a little bit older, but they've been in the comedy game for a minute. Like they've been on it for a while. Jessica is known for her time at The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Um, Phoebe's just known in the comedy world and has been doing movies and yes. other things like that as well. And I just appreciate their banter. It's definitely like a young, like young banter of comedy, mm. but it's still, I still really appreciate, um, them giving a platform for so many people. That was awesome. So they're my dope people and great job, y'all. We would love to be on your cast yeah. <laughs> or you can come to ours. We would love that. <laughs> It'll be great. Shameless. <laughs> that was yeah. great. It's a good cast. I'm a yeah. fan of them. I've read Phoebe's book. It's good stuff. Very fun. Mm -hmm. It's very fun to read. She has another book coming out. Okay. Can you touch your hair in the second one? I still think you can't touch anybody's hair. Still? Yeah. yeah. Especially to the person that touched my hair. Yeah, recently. I want to hear about this. We'll talk mic. about this off mic. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, uh, be sure to follow us mm -hmm. on all the things. What are the things? The gram. The gram. The tweet. The tweets. And the, the book of faces. The book of faces. It's very, that's very uh, Game of thrones the way that you said that. I'm not going to lie. You got to switch it up. <laughs> uh, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. Get, you know, Get if, you, if you feel like you can drop some five stars, you yeah. drop. It's free. It's, it's free to review. Slide into our DMs. Cost nothing. Slide into our DMs. Cost nothing. Slide into our DMs. Free I replies. Really, I, I free sound replies. Really, I sound really desperate. A little <laughs> strong on that one, but it's free. So none of this costs you. Uh, it takes like five seconds. <laughs> oh, too fun. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good one. Be dope. And we'll catch you later. Yeah. Peace. Let's do it.